Uh, I end up getting charged by my own Abaddon under the effects of a wall. It's a it's a wild game. episode 29 of stat check jack champster because we have jack the champ harp star on tonight as our guest um who is going to talk a little bit about some things that i'm sure you all heard about like an lbo and an itc and some stuff like that uh i'm joined today of course by jeremy and anthony who are also going to talk about their lbo and their itc experiences and then we're going to talk maybe the minorest amount of stats. I don't know, maybe not. And then we'll probably just talk about a little bit about our LVO experiences. We'll talk about Arcs of Omen. And that'll kind of be it. I guess talking about weekends is kind of pointless. So we might as well just kind of go like straight into nonsense, which is just how was everybody's LVO starting with Jeremy? Oh, I mean, Ooh, went way out of order. I know we're gonna do we're gonna do Jack last because I feel like Jack will have the most to say. Oh, mine's fine, you know. Yeah, he had he had a, he had an average weekend. He did. Uh, yeah, no, uh, my LVO was pretty good. Uh, anyone who didn't pay attention to last week's episode, I think we talked about it. Maybe the week before, uh, I brought leagues of Votan, double fort, triple zerk, double bikes, and then battalion for everything else along with the three support characters uh i had a pretty good weekend um i actually won my first four games uh and then dropped my last game by one point which was a little disheartening but also didn't feel terrible thanks anthony for anyone listening anthony just changed his name to anthony nerdstradamus vanilla which he definitely is right now uh and then Game six, I ended up on the industrial table against Chaos Knights going second, which was a, a mood. Uh, but yeah, overall, like my opponents were all fantastic people. They were all super friendly. Uh, had a, an amazing bonding moment, actually, with the sixth with my sixth opponent because he was going for best uh, in faction uh, Chaos Knights using a model that one of his late friends had gifted to him before he passed. So the whole thing was just, you know, even though I lost, I felt very good having lost. Uh, and yeah, overall, just great. Uh, it was great meeting everyone. I finally got to meet. Yeah, I did it the right way. Uh, I finally got to meet Nathan and Cliff in person. They were both fantastic people. Cliff is even more of a presence in person than he is on uh, on camera. Cliff's uh, a big boy. And of course, I got to see Anthony and Jack and Cliff and Ennis and all of them again. So that was lovely. Uh, yeah, it was just a, just a great weekend of games and people. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about the terrain, but I did feel that the terrain could use some improvement. Yeah, um, maybe a little. A little. And then <laughs> to answer the question in check, because I'm sure it's going to come up at least a couple more times, Innis is taking a few days off because of travel, generically speaking. Going across the ocean uh, tends to mess with your internal clock. So Innis is not available tonight due to travel side, side effects, effectively. But... He'll be on next week, and we'll have some other stuff to talk about that he's prepping for future episodes that will be amazing. Uh, Anthony, do you want to talk about your LVO experience before we talk about more Botan stuff? 
Well, I, I have lots to say. Do you want to just round off the dwarves before I? Sure. So I also took Botan. The only difference between me and Jeremy's list is that one of my units decided to take a comms array for just in case I got to snipe a hive tyrant with a comms array. I don't Very know. specific. Tech. Did you get to snipe <laughs> a hive tyrant with a comms array? I did not. Although uh, <laughs> the funniest, perhaps there were two really funny moments that I want to share during the event. There was one where I played against a Tyrant's opponent that I did end up winning. I got the best record, by the way, of three, two, and one. Um, the only other record that matters aside from six and oh, apparently, is that one. That's what I've been told repeatedly. I had amazing opponents for all my rounds. Uh, Shaw is in chat and said that he had a great time playing me, which was amazing because I also had a great time playing you. Um, in my game against Tyranids, a Hive Tyrant charged a four, two forts. One was on three wounds because he managed to clear out the stuff in front of it. He used the trampling for uh, charge stratagem, did three mortal wounds to that fort, and it blew up, uh, literally, and it killed my call and my Grimnir and five warriors. How hard did they and explode? Are they D6? D6 mortal D6. wounds, six inches. Did, oh, three mortal, no. did, did three mortal wounds to the hive tyrant and then did like four mortal wounds to the other fort. And so up until that point, I hadn't really lost a lot, but I looked down and there's just this giant hole in my back lines. <laughs> yeah. The Hive Tyrant then failed to kill the other fort in melee combat, which was kind of nice. That thing can fail to kill stuff? Yeah. Not my experience. I've never seen that happen personally. Did it have Reaper? It did. It had Reaper. Well, at least three mortal wounds now. Incredible. Incredible. So it did all three mortal wounds, but it couldn't get through like the rest of it. It basically the fort passed all of its invulnerable saves, so it wasn't like a huge deal. And I neg negated one with the uh, Forge Master, who lost most of his little people, but not all of them, which was kind of nice. Um, <laughs> uh, the fort then proceeded to beam that hive tyrant right off the table in the next turn, which was kind of funny and kind of not at the same time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was great. The other one was um against Chaos Knights, where five Zerks stood up to everything in the army shooting at them, except for, like, the last knight who charged them in combat. But after the shooting, there was still one Berserk holding his concussion ball to the sky, like, yelling yeah, at the top of his lungs. Yep, before getting charged and just obliterated by a knight, essentially. Uh, which was fine, but he had done his job. I had never seen somebody put five flamers and then like four armagers into a unit of five zerks and watch them come out the other side. It was amazing. Uh, otherwise, I played into Blood Angels because I was 2-0-1 at the end of day one, played Blood Angels in the first round, first part of day two, and lost uh, to a player who eventually made it to the Shadow Round, I believe. I can't remember if Zach... He missed made. the Shadow Round because he was 5-0-1. Oh, Zach was this close. Uh, he was an amazing opponent. I learned a lot playing as him. And then I played. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Love I met him he's... for the first time this weekend. He was super cool. We talked a whole bunch. Yeah. We actually went to the same high school. Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah. World. It's a really small high school, too, isn't it? Yeah. It's a really small boarding high school out in Pennsylvania. Yeah. That's wild. So I played if him you know, and I learned a lot. You know Carl Vela? He worked there. Oh, for real? For real, yeah. And that's how Jeez. we all know that that was the thing. That's so Carl, funny. Carl had a, it's called, a place called Westtown. Carl had a Westtown sticker on the back of his car, so, and was wearing a Westtown, like, hoodie at one point. So we chatted about that. 
and then Kerstetter and uh, Carl chatted about it. And then now, then uh, Zach and I were like, hey, and he's like eight years older than me, but still. Right. <laughs> that's just that's such a funny small world moment, especially since you were both playing Blood Angels at the event. That's just that's. It's also a, a uh, it was also a Quaker boarding school, so the whole blood angels sprinting at you, murdering everybody, was a little is a little out of. It's a little. There's a little bit of irony, just a yeah. tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, playing him was great. I then played a custodies player who, unfortunately, couldn't hurt me as much as he thought he could on Necron terrain, and so I picked up like two thirds of his army in the clapback, and then I played against a. <laughs> I was so tired in the si in the sixth game against Drukari that I forgot how to play and got out objective despite picking up basically the person's whole army except for Drazar and some Incubi. <laughs> Ouch. That was bad. But it was a great game and it was against one of Zach's teammates um, oh, cool. from Denver, who is also a nice guy, who opened it up with, you think Zach was nice. I'm actually the nicest person on my team. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, but it was great. We can talk about terrain later, but I think all the games were awesome. Getting to see Anthony again and then meeting everybody in person was awesome. Um, I missed everybody when, the next day when I was like, man, I can't just wake up, play 40K, and then go chat with all of my friends who play 40K. But such is life. Yeah, um, I usually call that the uh, the end of the post-tournament depression, where you just wake up and realize that you're no longer surrounded by everyone that you love and care about, aside from, yeah. you know, you got your family. But <laughs> I, I was going to say, 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 Jeremy, hold on and make sure you include your wife. In Don't worry, I was thinking about it. Okay, She's not like 10 feet away from me. <laughs> just watching you just on the other side. Imagine, imagine her behind the camera just... Yeah, <laughs> twice if you're in trouble, Jeremy. <laughs> Um, otherwise, I also brought home just a bunch of guard nonsense that was released at the event because FLG had a 22.5% discount on their stuff coming out of the vendor hall. Specifically not a 25% as Cliff found out very angrily. Specifically not a 25% discount. Why? Um, is there a reason why it's 225 or just... Because it's 10% off of their normal 15% off price. Yeah. So they're not additive, guys. Yes. Yeah. They, they advertised it as 25% off when you walked in and then... You notice the number didn't quite match what you expected it to be. Yeah, I, it was. It was I, thought, I thought it said interest. something like that, mm -hmm. but I guess it not. Twenty five. But of course, Cliff, the ultimate numbers man, noticed that something was off with the uh, the Archeron model that he was buying. Yep. He bought that Archeon and he he paused for a moment. He was like, "The math doesn't add up." And he asked the person, and they were like, "Well, it's actually just ten percent off the fifteen percent price." Was that a good enough answer for him? No. No, because Cliff then had to break out the calculator and be like, well, you see. That's not what you said. That's that's not how percentages off work. You can't just take that and then say it's 25. So it was 22.5% off. And then the person who was manning the station, like, turned on their customer service face and then just ignored Cliff completely. I've done that before. <laughs> oh, totally. I, I don't even blame yeah. them. It's not their decision. It's just that like, is. well, you know, sucks. Exactly. <laughs> unlucky bro yeah like that well, was I'm basically sorry. i wish there was something i could do for you but unfortunately that is our policy and um if you have a problem with the product you can return it but i cannot offer you an additional discount at this time basically Damn, he's got the speech ready yeah. I, I had all the respect for it in the world because i was like yeah that's just what you do 
having yep. worked in customer service before you just gotta know <laughs> nope. all right anthony i've waxed philosophic enough all right you did it uh i can't seem to evict my cat appropriately no matter what what's the cat's name anthony i didn't even know you had a cat this is pickles um oh such a good name that's an amazing name she's not very smart but she is real cute uh she's the only cat i've ever seen with just like nothing going on behind her eyes <laughs> like the lights are on but no one's home like most cats look pretty with it not this one i don't know this um, one's managed to con you into petting it constantly I mean, she's a literal baby. I don't know. Like, she, there's no brains in there. <laughs> um, so my weekend was really good. It started with a charity stream where I drank a beer out of a shoe on stream. Uh, I'm so sad to miss that. Yeah, Which will be in my weekend wrap yeah, up. You, you guys were busy getting kicked out of the hall by the <laughs> very polite wink. No, uh, no, no, no. I was in plane except oh yeah you were, you were in a plane or you too could have been kicked out of the hall very rudely um so yeah we slammed a shoey on stream for charity uh if you want to go back and watch a completely ridiculous game played by me and david gaylord it's on the war games live channel on youtube uh, you won me a drink thanks bud i did i want you a drink i want me a dinner Woo! it got nuts um so yeah we like set up our player place and david was like i can't win so someone donated a hundred dollars we had to trade deployment zones and that was the ridiculous thing that happened um so yeah go back, go back and give that a watch uh i ended up getting charged by my own abaddon under the effects of a wall it's a it's a wild game <laughs> sorry what uh, yes yeah, <laughs> bad things happened and i still won by a whole bunch Best the shadow blade who someone slammed on the table to Bane Sword or whatever it was. Anyway, so that was my day. Um, I went five and one. I got best CSM. Played a bunch of really cool people. Um, I played two East Coast people in round five and six, which was kind of funny. Um, Who'd you get? I got Jonathan Domas, who is like like literally from Long Island, where I'm from. And then I played uh, Larry Oliver, who's the the Tiernid boy from the DMV area. Um, he was real good. He Treats his gaunts terribly, though. He's super mean to his tiny bugs. He just picks them up by the fistful and throws them into ruins, like like throwing dice. Uh, he's like, they're in there. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's where those go now. <laughs> um, yeah, we had a good time. We got a, uh, I got a sweet picture of the battle of the uh, flying monsters, my demon prince killing his hive tyrant. It was cool stuff. Um, so yeah, broadly, I had a good set of games at LVO. I did not. Uh, have that, a, was, that was very carefully chosen. Yeah, those were very specific language. Uh, I did not super enjoy the like event itself, but the games and the opponents I played, all excellent, top to bottom. I got what I wanted, though, which was uh, like no dicks. Like I played all cool people. So, and that was my concern one two and three for me for this especially after that stream raised as much money as it did on the friday i was very not attached to how the event went so yeah things were good cool you got a little plaque on it that said you were a good boy and you yeah were, yeah i got my uh i got good my being bad syndrome Cadillac. my one year <laughs> my one year relief from imposter syndrome um so yeah pretty is good that, is it that easy yeah it's that easy i mean for me it's something hard um <laughs> I find it easy to dodge imposter syndrome in my later part of my 20s, the mid and earlier part mess. But now, easy enough. <laughs> that, that gets better. 
right. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about um, <clears throat> issues, I guess, when I'm, when, when, I'm all, when, when I'm all done. That's the, that's the spicy gonna, part, I guess. We're going to let you go, and then we'll crush uh, FLG's terrain dreams. You know, I mean, my weekend was fine. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, played some good opponents, had some good games, really just generally all around a good time. So, you know. Uh, no, the, the weekend started terribly. So I had a, a flight that was supposed to be fairly early. It was supposed to leave at like eight or something in the morning from Orlando. Cause I'm cheap. Uh, and I was going to drive down the night before stay with Quentin. And then we were both going to, I was going to leave my car there. We were both going to go to the airport in Orlando cause Tallahassee airport, you know, is very small. You can get through security very quick. It's very nice. It doesn't go anywhere and it costs a million dollars. Yep. So, so drove down to Orlando and stayed there. Then we got out super early in the morning. Um, yesterday was my first actual night of sleep. Awesome. Um, and we got there. We got to the gate like just in time. They were boarding. It was like 730 or whatever. We get on the plane and we get on the plane and we sit and we sit and we sit and we sit. And we sit and they're like, and they don't tell us anything for like an hour. And, you know, that's not normal. It's not great. Not either. great. No. So uh, about half an hour in, they give us an update that they don't know anything and then they'll update us, which is, you know, awesome as far as those things go. Amazing. <laughs> and then an hour in, they tell us, hey, listen, we just need to get, you know, certified by the mechanics and uh if you want to go stretch your legs you can step off you know you can get you can get off the plane stretch your legs then when everything's better you can come back on the plane and the plane will fly away and then five minutes later they were like all right listen here we're not asking anymore get off the fucking plane um so we got off the plane we waited like several hours uh, i was actually on the same plane as the warp fire guys as the guys who run warp fire so that was pretty cool but sat there Several hours, get back on the plane, get on a new plane. Apparently, the old plane, the tail didn't work. They need those. Didn't realize that. Um, but new one has a plane, pro has a tail, probably one of the newer models, you know, that come with it. And <laughs> then we also see. spend like half an hour on the runway and then take off. And then we land. And of course, there's another plane at our terminal. So that takes even more time so it, it ended up wasting it ended up being about an 11 hour trip instead of a five hour trip yeah nice. yeah that was fun i completely missed i was planning to just camp next to anthony when he played uh david unfortunately i ended up uh completely missing them for the rest of the night because when they when i got in they were eating dinner because they don't care about me and i think we'd actually gone to bed by the time you landed maybe <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, even 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 less caring. Like dinner without you was like one level. Going to sleep without you is like a whole nother level of not. He just messaged me when we were like walking back to the room and was like, "I'm still not there," or like, "I just landed" or something. And I was like, "Damn, son, that's bad." <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty. I got a ten dollar uh, voucher for food, so you know, they'll never be able to take that away from me. You could buy a side of fries in a Vegas hotel. That's not even, I would have loved to even, I don't think it even gets you that. I don't think yeah. it does. That's a $12 sandwich with no sides. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have to pay them money by the end of it. You're like, what? Where'd yeah. this happen? So, wow. Yeah. You know, that was, that was a bad start, but <clears throat> generally I managed to, uh, 
to caffeine my way through the rest of the weekend, which is, you know, healthy and good. Uh, just it just makes me run better, you know, like not it's not unhealthy at all. It's fine, actually. Um, had a couple had good games. Generally, no, no real issues. Um, just getting through. I had a tough game round five against uh, a Necrons player who. Um, I mean, he just had like several models that were leading the way that I just couldn't kill. Luckily, he didn't really look at the scoreboard, um, which is something he learned from that game. That you can't just look on the scoreboard when you pass turn to your opponent having bottom of five. That's not really it. That's a bit um, late in the cycle. It's a little, it's a little late. I think he just assumed I was losing, but I was getting all my points except for Fury of the Lost because I literally didn't kill anything until turn five. Nope, nobody died. Yeah, nobody died. So uh, un- <laughs> it's just unlucky. Uh, you know, he had a he had an. Uh, Tesseract Vault, which it turns out may not actually be able to Veil of Darkness uh, because the Tesseract Vault is like this big and it needs to hold you within six inches of the veil. It's too big. Yeah, it's definitely too big. (laughs) But um, it was it was a good game. It was a good game. Generally, when we got to the end, there was some debate over what the score was. At first, I was winning. Then I was losing. Then I was winning again. Then we were drawn and I didn't and I think I didn't want, I, I don't even remember, honestly. There was a judge at the table the whole time, just standing there with his arms crossed, just like, just watching. That's and, of judging for sure. Yeah, you know, um, it was fine. I mean, we managed to settle it uh, eventually. <laughs> um, but then partway through, I was just like, listen, if this death company guy, if he just goes and aces that that plane, then we just don't have to con- have this conversation anymore. And my opponent's like, yeah, because he thought I couldn't do it. So I gave that guy every single buff. I rezzed a second guy and went and smoked the plane. And there you go. Easy. We're done. Put it in the books. Yeah, do um, it. Yeah, I was that was fun. I mean, I played uh I played Wallace O'Donnell round three. That was uh that was fun. He's playing some weird, weird nonsense as he usually does. Demons. Yeah, he was playing some weird disciples of Bellacorp thing. Even more weird. Yeah, it was very weird. Um there's there's this impression online that we had a bad game and we we didn't. Um, you can actually he's posted some stuff up. We've actually been chatting lists the last several days. There's no issues. Um, but that's you know that's the top six. Then I get into Shadow Round and I get paired up into finally I've had like the hardest tech of my life <laughs> that I've ever taken. I took for T Sons. I had two three units of infiltrators and on top of soul warden on top of like nasty man to put in front like, all the setup the whole thing and then i pair into poor old tj in the shadow round our good buddy our good friend the highest ranked stat checked team member at the event true i feel like i'm a stat check team member in my heart not well, on the I mean, page obviously but like in yeah. here where it counts you played on our objectives all weekend didn't you I did. I did. They scored the shit out of those objectives too. What's up? I said he scored the shit out of those objectives too. Oh yeah, I stole them too. (laughs) Yeah, they're mine. When he lost them, mine. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and and that that game lasted like literally fifteen minutes because we set up. um, I went first. I put all the infiltrators so that he couldn't teleport, couldn't deep strike, couldn't do anything at all. And then I put my entire army in a castle in the center. And I was like, ready when you are. 
And then it turns out he was ready to go to bed. Yeah, he was ready to go to bed. He looked at that and was just like, listen, man, it's late. I'm going to bed. Yeah. I'm not going to win. This is fake. Yeah, because he's not scoring any of his points because he took uh, no pris, no prisoners. He took the thing where he has to kill people in the psychic phase. And he took interrogation. So turn one, he gets interrogate and teleports back. And I'm like, all right, well, because I went first and I went and killed something. So I got my Fury of the Lost for four. And he stayed off all the objectives. So I was getting a zero on uh, shock tactics. And then turn two, I'm like, well, next turn, everything will be an assault doctrine. So I don't need buffs. And all four of my characters advanced directly into my back corner. Um, That's far away. Oh, yeah. About that interrogate. He in his corner because he was trying to stay out of my charge range. So I, I just measured, make sure if he teleported his guy, if he double moved his guy, he couldn't interrogate me, period. And I was just like, over to you. You are stuck at a checks notes six on secondaries, and I have banners and a four on, on Fear of the Lost, and I'm getting 12s and you're getting fours. And so, no, important clarification, you only need to win by one on the Shatter Round. So playing it out for any reason, basically, is just scamming your opponent if you're going to lose. Yeah. I was yeah, the game doesn't exist in the records or anything like that. It is you win or you lose and you move on or you go to bed. Yeah, he was faced with sacrificing his entire army or sacrificing it slowly on to give me secondary points or going to bed. And he went to bed. And I don't blame him. Yeah. Reasonable. The army finally did what it was designed to do, and that was kill T Sons. And it killed T Sons. Yeah, kill T Sons real good. The hardest lock I think I've ever put on anyone in a game. Just like yeah. there's nothing he could have done. Yeah. Well, you guys sat there and tried to figure it out afterwards, right? We were yeah, like, both of us. Yeah, we, we left the table as it was, and we just both sat there like this for like a couple of minutes, being like, "Yeah, nope." <laughs> so I also inf- Inferno pistol three of his Terminators to death before I killed two unit squads of Rubrics, turn one. So that was That's ridiculous. Just rude. That is rude. Um, we'll talk more about terrain, but the entire event, I was trying to dip, duck, dodge, dive, and dodge you know, Tau on not sisters or chaos gate tables. And I managed to do it. And that's why I'm the best. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't dodged them on those terrain, I would not have won the event. <laughs> yeah. It was a, a dark path playing on those terrible tables. Yep. <laughs> Every, uh... <laughs> yep. As David oh, Gaylord David. says, he should have donated $100 and swapped the table to industrial terrain. Big smiley face. I would have taken $100 for that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I feel like I can. I feel like I'm hard teched enough. Maybe. I don't know. That story's pretty sweet. Yeah. But luckily, by the time I played Tau, it was in top eight. And top eight was entirely sisters tables. Yep. And that is where the three, two, three, two towel that made top eight two. Uh, stopped winning. Yep. Yep. Well, they stopped automatically winning, which meant that they stopped winning. Mm, yeah. I mean, they started there. automatically losing. Is yeah. another way to put it? Because mm-hmm. the sister's terrain goes, industrial terrain is like no line of sight blocking terrain anywhere, full stop. Like, there's just nothing just to drive, do. Bro, it's fine. Yeah, it's easy. Um, you just can't hide from them, period. To sisters terrain where I felt really safe, taken really, care of. really taken care of inside. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just put my army in this. I deployed enough terrain in my deployment zone that I could exist 
on my objectives without exist in my deployment zone and on the objectives without being seen. I was like, wow, I have a third ruin here. Yeah, where's okay. this? Now? That's going on the line just as a screw you. Here's here's seven Sangard like in the center of the board that you can't get deal with. Yeah. Boop. Yeah, Martin or Industrial is where Ennis played Brad. Uh yeah. Ennis and also did. where Quentin played Brad too. Yes. Yeah, that one's that was pretty rough. See earlier comments about automatically winning on that board. <laughs> it's it's rough, bro. It's rough. Yeah. But luckily I played them on no line of sight for it. Like their guns all became range zero because they just couldn't shoot at anything. Yeah. And I ran the table. It was like a ludicrous game. Like he couldn't move anywhere or I'd kill him. I was scoring all my points. It was stupid. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's the opposite of what Tau has been doing, had been doing to people up to that point. So I don't really feel bad. They deserved it, is what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, all the stories, like, I'm just living in fear the first two days of do I get Tau on Industrial? And so when I get Tau on Sisters, I do not feel bad. Game. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty great. Then I, Mike Porter, the entire weekend was. There were a bunch of people who I was competing with for best ITC. I was competing with John, my teammate. So if he wins it, you know, great. I'm happy for you. Uh, then there was Vic and David who, again, you know, I'm happy for you, but I'd rather if I want it, you know, and I know they're watching. So hey guys. Um, <laughs> and then uh, there was Mike Porter. who's was basically the last one. I technically uh, Nassim could have done it, but I think once I made top 16 or top eight, like he couldn't anymore. Yeah. And he got um, yeah, Vic, David, and John did not make Shadow Round. So the last person that I had to compete with was Mike Porter. And Mike Porter would not lose. He would he get very not close, though. Multiple very close, times. Very times. <laughs> One of those times I had been told not just that he's losing, but that he had lost. And I was ah. like, oh. <laughs> That's a weight off my mind only. And then I had gotten several handshakes from people coming up to me like, congratulations on winning the ITC. And I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then like 15 minutes later, he wins by two or something. I'm like, <laughs> so, and then uh, around the quarterfinals, he plays up against Tao on, on non-industrial on Sisters Terrain. I'm like, all right, well, he's winning that one. And sure enough, he did. So I play him in the semifinals which honestly feels like the best way to end it is like we actually play off we play that game for the itc which yep. i think is which i think is pretty sweet um so we line up it's uh it's quarters I'm, my my finals game went pretty quick so i'm gonna be a little more descriptive about this one <laughs> uh first off typhus in the stat check discord had some <laughs> spicy things to say about how the Blood Angel into Harlequin matchup would go. Apparently <laughs> unlosable. Stay tuned. Uh, so I pair up into him. It's on the sisters table, which is good for me. That's really good for me. There's a lot fewer angles, lines of sight. It's not as bad as against Tau because he does have melee and he does have um, a lot of scoring. So he can keep up as well. But it does help because his boats aren't just like randomly shooting into me. Although they kind of shot like different units over the course of the game. Yeah, whatever. Right. Point is, I could deploy fairly fine, like kind of reserved behind terrain. And yeah. I put, he won the the terrain roll off, which was kind of unfortunate. He just put a crate on the center like a jerk. No, and then no. I, <laughs> I know, right? He's just scared of scared of me, com of commitment, of me committing my army to the center of the board. Of commitment. 
the yeah. married man with multiple question mark children? I believe so. His Facebook profile picture is to be believed. At least one. But he's scared of me committing my army to the center of the board, so he put mm -hmm. a crate down. But two of my two of my objectives had uh, ruins on them, so I felt fairly confident that I could sit there with a six-inch heroic and either control the objective or get a bunch of resources out of him, or both. Because um, you can break a six-inch heroic on the objective. It's just not fun. It's, you know, especially if I'm more than an inch away from the wall, because the way to do it would be like troops get on the objective and then the boat charges. And, you know, that keeps me from doing it. I made sure to have like objective secured unit plus Sangard, so that wouldn't work. Right. You know, th there's multiple layers to it. it. You can get around it. It's just difficult. a giant pain. <laughs> it's a giant pain. And so what that meant was I'm fairly safe at holding my two objectives. In fact, I don't think he ever took my home objectives away from me. Like we wanted my deployment zone and the one up above. He never took those away from me. Um, but I was just focused on taking his primary, take, getting my shock tactics, getting my fear of the loss, et cetera. Turn one, I, I go in, I pregame move my, my death company up because the hammer death company actually aren't that impressive in this matchup. Nope. So I figure I'll make a trade. They're, they're weirdly enough not. Yeah. And I figure I'll get a trade. I want to cut down his number of boats. The boats are the really annoying part. Troops on foot, easy. Gun them down with Angela's bolt guns. Nobody cares. But the boats give them protection from my combat, uh, gives him mobility. So I want to kill those. So I go in and I commit and I go to kill two boats. And there's a solitaire right there, which I didn't even see because the ruin is your sister's terrain. Like Tau couldn't see me. I couldn't see his guys yeah, physically. So he asks if I want to charge him, and I go, sure. And then he light strats away. And I go, I'm not going to chase the solitaire, even though I probably should have, because the idea was I would charge the solitaire, hammer wrath him, make it so only one thunder hammer had to go through, and then kill him, because I had plus one to hit full rerolls, wound on twos, you know, delete. He took assassinate also, which is a little shaky, but I get his reasoning. He took it because he has a lot of melee missiles that are running across the board, and he would just send one in, kill a character, send one in, kill a character. Yeah, really fucking... And if you eliminate the solitaire, then he can't do that with Blitz. Exactly. So he's one fewer trade resource. Um, I don't know if that was actually the correct play, but it's a very interesting strategy. It's hard to stop him from doing that. Unless you get like Not... real constrained about your movement, at which point is that even worth it? Exactly. It's not impossible, but it's difficult. And if he's actively trying to exploit it, he might be able to. But he light strats away, which, you know, eagle eye, eagle eyed viewers might be able to figure out what's wrong with that. But and then I hit the two boats and, you know, I do three damage or two. I do two damage with a crack grenade somehow. I don't I still don't know how. And I get in, I kill one and I drop one to three. And that's enough. I've killed a boat. I would like to kill both, but man, whatever. Um. His turn, he picks them up and he moves forward onto objectives. Uh, he doesn't deploy on his home objective like some people do, uh, so I didn't get shock tactics. Uh, yeah. There's plenty of people who said, I'm not going to deploy on any forward objectives, and I go, cool, and take their home objective and get shock tactics off it. Yep. Um, that happened in my game. <laughs> Again, yeah, it, it happened in multiple games. Anyway, so I go hit him. He, uh, he takes his solitaire and he blitzes and he goes and he kills my sanguinary priest which I'm actually okay with. Um, I think it's fine. It's just a trade. It's purely a trade. It's one of his only, it's his only unit that has AP3 other than the fusion. Uh, sure. Th okay. Yeah. Those, those, those are <laughs> combat, I guess like storied sword guy, I guess has it, but yeah. 
you know, I'm, I'm okay with the trade. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, but then the judge walks over and goes, Hey, did, uh, did that guy light strat? And, and we're like, yeah, I, apparently Mike has, I, I believe he does, hasn't played with the solitaire and light. He hasn't, he played one tournament with it. And so far yeah. as I'm aware, it's not really like a thing he uses. Yeah. yeah. And if light strat, you can't light strat the solitaire. Correct. If that's been burned into your head that every unit in your army can run away when you charge, that's yeah. a thing that happens. And for anyone listening who's wondering why, it's because the solitaire doesn't have the Sadith keyword. So Which he can't he go and have like he can't previous editions, right? Yeah. He he has had that in the previous edition, but in this edition of the of the Eldari Codex, he doesn't have the Sadith keyword, which means he can't go in boats. You can't use specific stratagems on him. You can't give him any of the, the special Sadith abilities, relics, boiler traits, what have you. Um, he just exists. Yeah. Uh, so the judges handled it very well. Mike is a fantastic opponent, amazing guy love playing him this is a classic your brain has a certain way it stores information and it just short circuits not even short circuits it's just it applies that if he'd taken a second to think about it i'm sure he would have thought you know if you asked him hey can you light strat a solitaire he would have been like no right but if he's in a position where one of his units is being charged that that connection doesn't happen right it's just well, you like you play Harlequins, right? If you didn't yeah. catch it either, yeah, I didn't catch it. Yeah, <laughs> like I I played Harlequins to my last, you know, Super Major. Right. I didn't catch it, but as soon as the judge said, "Hey, did you light strat?" I was like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, right. He's right. not Sadith, so I don't blame him for it. It's a that's a natural mistake to make. Um, but what the judge did was the judge pulled the solitaire and said, "You don't exist," and the Sanguinary Priest is back. Uh, Mike asked me if it was all right if uh, he uses his his Chegarak Rose Chegarak's Rose uh, Foot in the Future guy to go kill him instead, and I was like totally fine. Just roll it out again. Just put in there, hit me with it, roll it out again, and we're good. And even through a reroll, he managed to kill him. So we're we're all good. You know, he can use a second character, yeah. game state restored, etc. Um, I think I trade a little bit. I kill his uh, his master, which is great. He's used up two resources. We both knew it was a huge deal. Because he's used up two of his character hunting resources to get one character, and he's lost a lot of killing power. Well, he's steps behind now in the game plan, right? Yeah, he's he's multiple steps behind because we're roughly the same on score. Uh, depends on his assassinate, but he um, he's used up two of his like dynamic go trade out resources, and that's a huge deal. It's right. a really really big deal. So we both knew it. Like we we actually had a little conversation about it, but. I go contest one of his objectives, take it away. So I get, you know, shock tactics. I kill his guy with my death company. So that's Fury of the Lost. I'm getting my points, uh, et cetera. Pass the turn back to him. He realizes he needs to get like behind enemy lines and stuff. So because he took that, he took deadly. So he needs to get into my deployment zone, which is a scary place to be when Sangard Heroic 6, et cetera. So he sets up a play where he runs his guys down and he tries to go kill Dante, <clears throat> which is... A baller plan, for the record. At the best of times. What's that? I said, at the best of times, that's a bold yeah. mission. It is a bold, bold plan. Uh, it does one damage, one wound to Dante. Oh, no. But he gets back in a boat afterwards. So he goes ah. down, and then a boat comes down into my deployment zone, and then he hops into the boat. But I heroic into the boat with Sangard, something he knew I could do. I'm not 100% sure why he did it, but he did. 
Uh, so he goes down. I'm like, I can heroic that. He's like, okay, but they'll get in the boat and get his behind, get his deadly. And he takes a swing at Dante and does one damage because minus one to hit to a farmer save armor of contempt. You're just not, you're not killing Dante. I'm sorry. Yeah. So <clears throat> kill the boat in my deployment zone. Dudes fall out. And remember, I'm, I'm actively keeping track of like how many boats I can kill because boats are, his boats have a target on their head for me. I want them dead. Right. So that happens. And he pushes a bunch of other stuff up the board because he needs to continually get, um, behind enemy lines of deadly and otherwise he's just not going to so <clears throat> i also hit his like far right flank with my with my uh death company which like cut off his ability to push right as much so he's kind of adjusting for it mm -hmm. and then i look at the board and i think well i have two options he's starting to push up the board i'm starting to lose my ability to control where his units go you know, he's he's got like a boat up a little bit here and a boat a little bit down here and a boat a little bit out here. And if I play the tradey game, he's going to pick up more resources. Um, he's, you know, he's just he's not on the objective with his boat, but he's like a little bit back trying to make me send a resource out or it just gets to live there. Things like that. And so we take a second and I realize I can either hit him really hard with everything I have and just slug it out. Or I can try and continue playing the game that I'm playing. So we, we look at the points, and the points are very close. Like, they're they're very, very, very close. Um, basically, I'm ahead, but it comes down to where's Assassinate sitting, and also he has bottom of turn, so it's like, where does the 12 come in? And it's, it's close. Like, it's, it's a close game. Like, even with the 12, I'm winning, but he can definitely do stuff. <clears throat> and I basically flash back to his three previous games where he was losing. He's he's going to lose. He's, oh boy, you better watch out. He's losing. And I'm like, I'm just going to hit you in the face. Like, I'm not I'm not letting you have units by the end of the game. So uh, <laughs> everything player do tricky shit. Just yeah. No, because he's very tricky. Like, he's a very tricky player. I played him at WTC when we played England, actually had a fantastic game. So I knew he was good going into this. I knew he was very good because I experienced it firsthand. So I just jumped every single, it was, it was uh, Assault Doctrine at this point, I jumped every single unit out, every single one. And I was just like, all right, uh, you die today. And I managed to shoot one boat to death. I killed the troops that were in my deployment zone. I killed the troops that got out. I charged the troop unit that had gotten out of the boat that I charged turn one. I shot his, uh, his Shadow Seer in the face with Inferno pistols and killed her. Because she had come up to try and put wounds on Dante with Mirror Minds and it had done one. That was the one he that he had done to Dante. Oh, she she found out. Yeah, she got three Inferno pistols to the face and failed two saves. Like, mm -mm, that's not, that's not going to do it. So I hop everything out. And also he light strats the, the three troops away. They were three inches away. Now they're at nine. It's an eight. I had charged every single boat on the board with Sanguinary Guard and, and Death Company and whatnot. So I was like, eh. No other targets. Casually bangs a 10, gets in there, charges the last three. I mean, I needed an eight, but I yeah. rolled a 10, which turned into an 11. Um, so oh, at that point, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lamartis cleaned up the squad that was in my deployment zone. There was only one left, killed him. Death Company killed one up top. Sanguinary Guard went boat dead, boat dead, boat dead, boat dead, boat dead, boat dead. <laughs> I think I killed, I think it was five boats that turn, maybe four. But Jesus. it was all of his boats died that turn um yeah it was one two three in combat i killed four in shooting that turn i killed one so and that turn i killed three troop squads 
So he has five troop squads <laughs> and one character. So he broke his Not back. Enough. Yeah, that was that was what he had left. He had five troop squads, one character. One of them took three casualties getting out of the boat, uh, which was, you know, statistically likely. Ouch. Oh, she also had uh, two death jesters, but, you know, for what that's worth. So he shoots me with everything, does quite a bit of damage. He hits with like almost all of his fusion pistols. Um, but I, I make some saves. I have to be in the open, unfortunately. So my shooting, his shooting phase is going to hurt. Like no questions asked. Then he charges me and that hurts significantly less. He kills Dante with a single fusion pistol off his troop master, which was a little, I'm rude. not spending CP for it to try and save Dante because I had two CP. So I interrupted with a, what became a six man squad on the side objective and picked up like his, his mortal wound DJ, a full squad of troops and dropped another one down to like one. And then, yeah, he he looked at the turn after his his assault phase killed two with his story sword guy. No one else killed any Sangard. And then he just looked at the board and went, "Yeah, I think you got it, mate." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah me too." <laughs> yeah. So, whew. yeah. Sometimes when you're playing a really good player, just punch them in the face, you know? Because I'm not gonna <laughs> let him sit around and play 40k. He's too good at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, enough no more no i will say um yeah. one of the things that you mentioned that kind of triggered a uh, reminder in my head uh you can't get into a boat that's in engagement range with someone oh well um i think it's so that heroic actually was a big deal oh well i killed it anyway so yeah you killed it anyways but it was it, it meant that he couldn't like he could have gone somewhere else. Yeah, he could have gone somewhere else, but it is something for others. If the if you're wondering about doing a trick like that, you can't get into a boat when it's in engagement range or any transport when well, it's don't in let engagement it get range. Yeah. yeah, make sure you're six point one inches away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's a, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, so I killed the boat and I just killed I killed all of his stuff in like one turn, and so he he was left with like three squads of troops and two characters in front of like. 12 sanguinary guard and three characters and a unit of two death company and my troops it was it was rough i would have actually shot him to death at that point not even charged him to death just angelus bulk gun so i mean that was a good game that was a really really good game um turns out twilight i actually i actually played in practice i played that game into a twilight list a twilight boat spam list and it got real sketchy when i took my go turn and charged all the boats because you, you kind of force them into that position where you just play the scoring game, but you're like picking up boats and stuff and you're holding your objectives with six inch heroics and they're not, or they are, but you don't have to respect them the same way. Yeah. Right. But when I made my go turn there, the twilight list actually hit pretty hard. Now that was because Quentin may, may have done something like, uh, nine mortal wounds off two psychic powers. There Sometimes, Matt. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it got it got sketchy there. But I know his list does not hit nearly as hard up close as the Twilight list, as the Twilight build, uh, right. especially once you remove two of the characters and just like you don't get those anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I knew if I commit and he's already down on on troops, math says I shouldn't even come close to dying. And then I only need some amount of Sangard in order to to take this game back. Right. That makes sense. I yeah. mean, we, I mean, you and I going into the tournament, were kind of like, I think Harlequins is near enough to fine as makes no difference. Yeah. I, 
I mean, I knew basically what build he was going to run because he had just won Nottingham with it. Yeah. Nottingham. Um, <clears throat> and I looked at it. And I was like, oh, I know what this build does. It's good. Right. It's tricky. It can hit hard. But I also know that it's going to be okay. Right. You know, yeah. I also know that if if you run to the Harlequin player, oof, that is going to be a rough, uh, you know, rough day at the office. Um, if you are playing into light and you run after them, and you try and chase them because like, oh, well, Jack said you just run them down. It's easy. No, no, no. If you go and chase them and they run away and they trade one unit for a boat and then they shoot you to death and they just keep doing it and picking you apart, Especially it's going to be really bad. Them getting eights. If they're getting eights while you're chasing them because you're chasing units and not objectives, it's a nightmare. Yeah. You got to go to the objectives. Yeah. That's what you do. You lock down your objectives and you just take objectives away from them. You make it so you go to the objective and you declare a charge. And if they leave, you're like, cool, my objective. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. Great success. Yeah. Um, and then eventually at some point they they will have to give you a, a, si a big enough percentage of their army to where the go turn can happen. You charge everything. Sweet. So that was that was awesome. You know, win the ITC in 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 one in one turn. Uh that was that was a pretty fun fight phase where I was just like roll 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 oh dead roll 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 oh dead cool. Right. Um, then I pair into Sean after Sean has a game into Soli that that happened. Um, I mean, and I made a video about it. If you're curious, just go watch Adam Camilleri's video on Facebook. I think Art War yep. even reposted it. Yep, yep, it came down to a dice off as to who won that game, and it was Sean because he's playing orcs, so he rolls the six. That's true. Yeah, there's very funny pictures. Actually, my Facebook cover photo is now the picture of us watching that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So I play into Sean in the finals, and Sean is running just a whole bunch of golf dudes Damn. with power claws, and it's a lot of stuff in transports. And apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently the match was free for him. I didn't know that, but he told me that uh, he ought to wins it. He's getting in my head. Didn't work. No. So turn one, he seemed a little out of sorts, honestly. Like turn one, he just, he had a plan. He had a plan that we sit back and score. So did I, as it turns out. So I think that would have also been fine. Yeah. But he just wog turn one, go. And he just like, oh yeah. Oh, you didn't, you didn't see the game, Anthony? Not, no, I did not. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wogged turn one on the line. Like we both deployed. Oh, he wogged turn two. That was the. Uh... No, no, he wogged turn one. Um, and you remember how he failed the six-entry rollable charge with his bike boss into Sully? Oh no, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was a six-inch charge turn one with his bike boss, and guess what happened? Yeah, that dude did not make that charge. <laughs> he had set Just up out. commandos there <laughs> to take away my uh, heroic intervention on my on my ancient. So that the ancient couldn't cover and then angel sack and make the entire turn pointless. Uh, and so that unit had to go into a sanguinary guard squad or a death company squad or whatever and just die for free. Oh. Or not for free. Sorry. I lost a couple dudes. We're good. Uh, so he commits that. He commits his bike boss, you know, to, to watching to make sure his boys do good work. And then he loses. <laughs> He loses a squad of well, he he throws he throws a squad of knobs into me with all the power claws, and he throws two squads of bikes, and he throws two squads of um of storm boys. Yeah, he, he a lot of top of one charges. 
Yeah, I mean, I had to play on the line. Yeah. I'm not a coward. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get a, get around all the heroic interventions and stuff. It just taxes you units. It's it's fine. Like That's if you're a good enough player, you can yeah. get around it. But it's going to cost you. It's going to be annoying. It's going to be difficult. Um, but yeah, so he, he lost a bunch. My my Sangard heroked into the commandos, so I got a bunch of extra distance on them, and he pushed everything else up the board. <clears throat> and so he gets to the center. Uh, I believe he does. He doesn't quite do good bits because he's not quite in range because we move the objectives. He's not quite in range to do good bits turn one with his commandos. He moves his Gretchen down. He moves his commandos over to the objective. He advances them on so he doesn't get to do good bits. But he gets biggest and the best. And he gets green tied for like two. <clears throat> anyway, um, so he charges me. He does a decent amount of damage. Like he does some good, good work into my army for sure. Um, but I, I kill a lot of the stuff that's in front of me. I leave his eight man knob unit down to three because he charged Sangard and Death Company, and he punched the Sangard, and they lost, like, four guys, and he punched the Death Company, and they lost nobody. Uh -oh. And so the Sangard, I mean, he threw, like, two guys into them. Oh, they okay. Power Claws. They yeah, but nobody is... Well, he did... One wound got through, because I have four ups. Yeah. One wound... He has four ups, then two ups, then I have four ups again. Um, Or, sorry, five ups. I just rolled a little hot on the five ups, and then he got one through, and I saved it. Right, I got I made a field note pain. One field pain, yeah. So I swung with the Sangard and uh pulled maybe he killed three or something, I don't really remember. But he pulled out of combat with the death company. Yeah, it was he there was three left. He killed four, there's three left. He pulled out of combat with the death company, which is what I wanted. I didn't want the death company to be stuck in. Because like if I hit him with the death company, which is a heavier unit, like it hits harder, he'll still probably have one guy left alive. And that, that guy will not be in combat with the Sangard. It will be in combat with the Death Company. And then the Death Company will be stuck there as opposed to the Sangard. Mm -hmm. So I hit him with the Sangard first. And if you want to stay with the Death Company, bye. But So he didn't want to. So he pulled out of combat. Right. Um, so now he's kind of put his army in front of me and killed some of my army. A unit of infiltrators, half a unit of Sangard, half a unit of Death Company. And I was like, cool. So I threw all my buffs up. And completely forgot that his, his uh, knob unit existed, FYI. But then just hit a whole bunch of stuff up, up and down his line. Shot away a bunch of his Gretchen, which will become important in a second. And uh, completely six-inch wrapped his uh, battle wagon. That had like 11 mega knobs in it or nine mega knobs in it or something with power claws. Um, and also a character, a knob of the Wog Banner. <clears throat> six inch wrapped it because he had blocked it from behind with another battle wagon and like two characters mm. and then so i six inch wrapped it with just my whole army charging various things piling and consolidating so if i killed this thing all it's of over. that does. all that does there's no there's no emergency disembarks there's no there's no nothing so so of course i undercommit and don't kill it um like a champion. Woo! Literally. <laughs> you too can can win the uh, win the IDC and LVO if you mess up that bad. Yeah. It was a it was a huge mistake. But it's fine. I, neither of us were really playing at our best. Yeah, I, I just kind of assumed it would die, but I wasn't an assault doctrine army wide, and he has a five up invuln and and it it just a little you know, bit of dice. Any of my inferno pistols, even the ones that were you know, re-rolling to hit or hitting on a two because it's Dante. Like I shot it with six Inferno pistols and did zero or did four damage, I think. Uh, and then charged it with a bunch of stuff and just didn't kill it. Did pick up his war boss though. That guy, 
I I offered a trade. I made a trade offer. Would you like my Sanguinary Ancient and one of my CP in exchange for two of your CP? Uh, and he declined. Yeah. <laughs> so if he fought on death, he, I would angel sacrifice and he would kill a random character that doesn't matter at that point in the game. Yeah. Um, I was more than willing to make that trade. He was not. So I charged a whole bunch of stuff and I left it alive, which was... Yeah, it was super bad. I left the uh, the battle wagon alive. So of course, I mean, everything inside would have died. Maybe one unit, one model would have made it out. I do not know. Because there was like maybe a little bit of space behind it. Uh, unfortunately, I leave it alive. So all of his mega knobs get out and charge me. And all of his Gretchen charge me as well in order to immobilize every mod in the unit so that he can stand one inch away and deny my interrupt functionally. Yep. It's a really Sean play. Uh, fortunately, what happened was he didn't kill me. And, well, he couldn't get to every one of my units. Oh, all my characters weren't getting charged. Yeah. It was, he basically hit um, the unit of death company down below. That got hit and cleaned up. It was at like two models, three models left. And it went to zero because his knobs that I'd completely forgotten about went and killed him. Um, he killed like six out of one unit of Sangard with, I believe, leadership as well. He killed six out of one unit of Sangard. No, no, he, he passed leadership. Killed six out of one unit. I'm out of focus. There we go. And he killed like four out of another one, which took him out of combat with his knob on Smasher Squig. If he had one, maybe it was a maybe it was, it was some kind of character charge me. I'm a dozen in that list. So he he left me with like three knob or three three sanguinary guard that then killed all of his uh, Gretchen that were in combat with me. So they're free now. Uh oh. And also, if you notice what happened there, I also killed his, um, on turn one, I killed his Ludas that were on the middle objective. If you notice what happened is uh, he has no Gretchen and no Ludas, only Mega Knobs, and like two characters. And, and so on my turn, I have one Sangard. Uh, he charged uh, Zagstruck into three Sangard, killed one, and died in response. Yep. No rerolls. That happens. Very hard. The Sangard guard are so good. <laughs> So I have two Sangard that are about to turn into three, or probably it's just two Sangard, one Death Company with a Power Fist that's about to turn into two Death Company with a Power Fist and re-rolls. I have two Death Company with a Power Fist, so because I kept those guys alive. So I have four Death Company, all with Power Fists. I have three Sangard that are just intact. I have one Sangard that's tying him up, and he looked at the board and went, yeah, I'm good. I'm nice good. Grand. And I also had all of my characters. So like they're good for units by themselves. And really what it was, was he was locked to a terrible secondary score. Right. He could not good bits anymore forever and ever. Amen. So he was locked to a zero on get the good bits. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Because he lost all his Gretchen and Ludas like in the right. first two turns without ever doing the action because they were too far from his deployment zone. Yeah. And two so, turns was too long to have to have a unit stop doing that action. Exactly. Like Mega Knobs are never doing that action. In fact, they're going to be dead very soon. Yep. Um, so he got a zero on, um, get the good bits. He was going to get like a three on green tide. Um, yeah. And I was about to kill his warlord. So he was about to get a, uh, he's about to get a two on biggest and the best. And he looked at that and I already had like 20 points on my secondaries and he was like, we're good. Yeah. That's it. Or, or I was going to, at the end of that turn, have like a 20 on secondary. So even if we went even, he was just going to get hilariously outscored. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Damn. So, and then uh, afterwards, I know there was at least one 
there was a couple of really good pictures of me kneeling on the edge of the stage saying hi to you guys. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know if you saw that. <laughs> There's also yeah. one of uh, Anthony making the best face ever. Screaming, let's go at you. Let's go! I'm sad yeah. they didn't get I'm Very sad they didn't get the one where we're both like just screaming at each other's face. Yeah, that would have been sweet. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> so and yeah, I just I don't know. I just hit them really hard until they stopped moving. I'm a good player now. He believes. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you. On winning both LVO and the ITC. Yeah, with the most nonsensical season of faction choices anyone's ever had. Faction specialists are... are faction specialism is not a thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, if if <laughs> if you're like, well, I, as a, well, a player, um, you know, I might not be as good at 40k, but I'm better at whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm, so I'm for sorry. Anyone, for anyone who's wondering... Jack has attended 10 GT or larger events this year. He has won four of them. He has won all four of those, and all four that he has won have been 174 or more players, and every single one that he has won has been with a different faction. In fact, he has attended these events with eight different factions. He's repeated twice. Oh, am, am, I, the, am I the 0.1% on that? You are very much the point one percent on that when it comes to factions played. Yeah. Like I'm just reading, I'm looking at your at your at your score sheet right now, and it's Blood Angels, Custodes, Harlequins, Drukari, Necrons, Tau, Sister Sisters, Craft Worlds, Tau. Yeah, that's an interesting run. Just a few things. <laughs> just a few things. I mean, I I'm not gonna say faction specialism isn't real. It, yeah, it it's is. Words. It's yeah, it's words. So you know, no it. <laughs> It doesn't necessarily give you a benefit. Um, if that's something that, if it's something that benefits you, as in you don't necessarily hop factions very easily, like maybe you've got a day job or something, I, I would really wouldn't know. Um, yeah, it, then it probably does help quite a bit in just having that knowledge and having the reps with it. Right. But I personally, I mean, I do have a day job. Unfortunately, I got here at like eight thirty in the morning, and I've been working till now. Um, <laughs> but I'll leave it to Taos to, to choose to steal my joke. Hey, yeah. that but, um, Jack I'm is just... a jack of all trades. That is oh, a show. <laughs> <laughs> but Let I don't know. know. I, I just never. I, I mean, I've been faction hopping for years, so I just I've always just been been good at it. I guess I don't know. It's mostly faction knowledge. Like I, I'll look at a list. I'll look at an army, and I will build. A list now i i take a while to build these lists too it's just it's just you know i think about it instead of sleeping so it's normal that's fine that's just optimizing my time yeah um but well, i have you know, a moment I, alone with your thoughts when you could instead have battle scribe open or i could be why well, drive somewhere and just like listen to music or or be alone with your thoughts when i can call anthony and be like that's right <laughs> hey <laughs> you're not doing anything right now when you could be alone with anthony's thoughts instead that's right True. anthony's thoughts got me here yep. i would not have picked blood angels if you hadn't said anything 100 percent. no that that list was really good that list was really good um i don't know i don't really have a point about faction hopping other than other than anyone who goes art of war is good but they don't know what they're talking about about this army i do instead 
You're wrong. You're wrong. Yay. That's not Prove how 40K it. works. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you said the army is good. Is it still good in arcs? I love the facial expressions. The facial expressions say definitely not. Um, well, the army is good because of Fury of the Lost. And not that's that. a bad thing. Yeah, because uh, if, the if they sit back... Yeah, Anthony, if you could find that for me, see how it changed. Um, the sad, <laughs> the, the thing was, if you sit back and do nothing, and they sit back and do nothing, you win because they have to be on fewer objectives than you. So you get 12s, they get 4s. If they come forward and contest objectives or or anything, you're fast enough and you hit hard enough, you can clear objectives and you get your fear of the loss points, get your shock tactics. So that's the pincer you put people in. And then also, uh, Anthony, what do you do with playstyles one and two? Those are playstyles one and two to fuel playstyle oh, three. You grind them up and then snort the powder of playstyles one and two to fuel <laughs> playstyle three. And playstyle three is let's go, send yeah. it. And you just go. <laughs> and charge everything oh man what does that oh. say oh that says there's no fury yeah. lost anymore Oof, okay that one that's just, I can't from fury of the loss to fury at your loss yeah fury yeah. of your loss yeah the real tears yep all yeah. right so i'm gonna do plugs real quick and then we'll do maybe just questions i don't know we'll chat about it in a minute there was uh, questions about the event specifically, so we should hit those first so we can leave this event dead and buried behind us and proceed forwards. Yeah. Yep. Well, we're not going to leave it completely dead and buried because we are trying to organize a roundtable of people oh, who right. want to talk about the event that Innis is currently coordinating. So we'll have a bunch of people on and they will have a roundtable about the terrain and how the event was run and how pairings were done and stuff like that. Probably mostly focusing on terrain and changes and suggestions that we have forefront line to have a better event moving forward based on some of the concerns and criticisms from the event no um we will definitely announce that on our youtube channel which is youtube.com slash c slash stat check and then we'll also announce it for all of our patrons you can all watch that as well uh, most likely that'll be some form of bonus content so you'll probably have to join the patreon in order to see it but it'll be announced it'll probably be released later to the public at large if you've enjoyed this episode and what you've heard and you just also want to talk to us and see all of our bonus content like Enter the Matrix where we focus on WTC team captains and what they have to say, uh, you can join that at patreon.com slash stat check, I believe. If you want to see numbers, we'll look at our beautiful meta dashboard that Cliff puts together that we got compliments on like all weekend. And at least one time during LVO, Cliff whipped out his laptop to show one of my opponents while we were talking. The actual dashboard, <laughs> like a car salesman or a politician. One of the two. I don't, I'm not sure which one yet. I haven't decided. He sells politicians, um, I think. He does, which is findable at www.stat-check.com slash the meta, I believe. You can also find links to all sorts of other stuff there. We have articles on there, some of which you can now find on goonhammer.com. Me and Jeremy are working on one as, like, as soon as this episode is over, talking about some of the numbers of LVO. You'll be able to find that on goodhammer.com eventually, most likely tomorrow morning. Um, and yeah, if you join the Patreon, that's great. If you can't, uh, we would really appreciate a like or a subscribe on YouTube or a comment on one of our videos because those help the algorithm reach more people. Um, and yeah, if you join the Patreon, you can also get way too much of us. We're always in there talking about stuff. And you can also get some of Jack because Jack is now in the Discord where Jack he has... Where Jack, Jack has an emoji and then also has a cult. 
uh, uh, called called the Harp Stars. You don't have to do anything to form a, a cult in our Discord, as Anthony learned when the V8s formed. You just have to kind of arrive <laughs> and to be cool enough. And now Jack has the Harp Stars. I uh, so you, I go on stat check one time, <laughs> and you, you win, win the LVO. You won LVO. Yeah, I just wanted something to do instead of play WoW, and this is where I am now. So now I, you're doing this I and feel... playing WoW. Yeah. Just wait. We'll have a jersey with your face on it too. Oh no! <laughs> the <He's on laughs> L emoji. We will take suggestions sent. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late, bro. You're already in. It's too late, buddy. Um, so we'll transition to talking about Arcs of Omen. We can talk about terrain concerns first if we want to. Yeah, let's get that. Or mm. well, people had questions, right? Let's start there. We do have it just a ton of questions for not those there was two in chat that i specifically was like these are good ways to frame this people want to know about the event all right (laughs) that's the first one which is martine asking would you guys recommend lvo for a european player or there are, are are there any better events to go to um first question what would innis say so on your side of the pond yeah broadly having been to enough uktc events now and also having played in the wtc i would say that i would plan to go to pretty much any of the uktc events or the wtc war masters very especially if you can do either if you're traveling budgeting you can only go to one thing that's huge and requires overseas travel just go to war masters um I didn't even play in War Masters last year. I just hung out, and that was still better than most event experiences I have. Go to the War Masters. It is just Was that better. the WTC singles? That's yeah. the singles, yeah. Um, was that, was yeah. that the one where... What did Sean threaten to do to us if we entered the... Sean didn't say a thing. I got a separate threat from a different member of the team last year who I will leave off air. Um, so, yeah. As American <laughs> Team USA members, we are not encouraged to play the singles strongly not encouraged that's right but not by the captain that is i think uh, i wonder if i'll be on the no it's probably you who will have to threaten people next this next year i would never ever do that right anyway Anyway. um as someone who played in the war master singles last year it was one of the most enjoyable tournaments i've ever been to i am planning on going uh, on doing it again this year um even though I was so exhausted by the end of that week, uh, it was a fantastic experience to play against tons of other high-caliber international players. The terrain was expect what was predictable. It was exactly what you, you could practice on it ahead of time. You knew exactly what you're getting into. Um, the judging was absolutely fantastic and top-notch. You knew you were going to get the the best the best answers when you asked questions, uh, and yeah, it was just a, a very smooth, very well-run event. Also, nope. Mechelen is beautiful. Mechelen is. is beautiful. Before we get too much further, Anthony, when we talk about cost really quick, because people think of an international trip and they talk about like really high costs for both getting to an event and then staying at an event and stuff like yeah, that. Sure. How did the price for like one of your UKTC type events, I think you went to one or two of them, right? I've been to one UKTC event. Yeah, so Coventry cost me half as much as LVO did. Um, really? Yeah. So um, between entry to the event, like 
you know, housing situation, basically food through the event, food after the event, like going to dinner every night, hanging out every night, doing all the things and even not doing that some nights at LVO, some nights just crashing. Um, LVO was twice as expensive despite being in, you know, in the same country as flying to England, staying there for eight days and then coming home. I also think that if you plan that out enough in advance, then the price will get driven down quite significantly. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, I was looking at plane tickets around the time that LGT is being run, like in late September, early October. And it's possible to fly from Chicago to London for like roughly $500. And then that's not that much compared to flying to Las Vegas. I flew nonstop on both on like nice, decent seat flights to and from like Heathrow, and it was five hundred dollars. Yep. Ooh, like that's not bad. Ooh, <laughs> what? Yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna tell people the sticker shock in Las Vegas is real. We I sat down at the first yeah. restaurant that first day, and it was like fifteen dollars for a beer, like just a regular domestic bottle, and it was like twenty five dollars for a sandwich and fries. Yep. It was it's expensive. Yeah. Um, and you don't necessarily get like all of that money that you spend as value back in the form of the food that you get. It's sometimes yeah. just kind of generically fast foodish kind of stuff. Yeah. So, the the bar at the at like the first night I the first night we got there, Anthony had abandoned me, and so <laughs> you're I had, abandoned you, sir. I uh, I had dinner. I had dinner there with Quentin. I had dinner there with the Warp Fire guys, and um. So I got a burger and fries and two beers. Sixty bucks. Plus plus tip was sixty. Yep. Yep, that sounds right. So I mean, not even considering some of like the aspects of the actual event, like there is a serious financial like red flag for the Las Vegas Open, which is that the event is a lot of money. It's very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So as a separate thing to that, I want to answer Lainey's question here, uh, which is, how would you guys rate the event as a competing thing? And this is where the wheels come off a little bit. So purely from my point of view, as a competitor that has done a lot of other things across the space, I did not enjoy LVO as a competitive event, frankly, almost at all. Um, I went into the event with fairly low expectations and even those didn't quite get hit. Um, the like completely random tables scattershot throughout the top half of the event made for some pretty brutal interactions. Um, yeah. And finding that out really late in the cycle and having that be different to the expectation of the event was really rough. Um, I, again, went into this with much lower stakes than someone like Jack, who was conceivably paying for playing for the year. Uh, I just wanted best in faction. Even if I didn't get it, I wasn't going to be that bummed. But as a competitor, my I was checked out before we even started, right? Like, I was like, I'll go to the event. We'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll try and do really well. We'll see how it goes. You did the stream, the, the charity yeah. thing. I did the stream, went super well. Like, that was great. So that set me up to be in a good place. But... Once I saw like the table setup situation and a couple of other things that happened that related to that, 
I was checked out as a competitor. I just couldn't get myself to care because I knew, like, you know a little bit going into OVO with how random the pairing process is that not everyone's going to have a fair path. But the adding another, so essentially what you're looking at is five or so layers of RNG before you as a player's competitor skill matters, which is how was your pairing? What table did you get? Did you win defender role? Did you go first? How did you go from there? I think all of those first four were more in fact impactful than how did you execute? If any of those first four had a hitch, and especially if the table was wrong, you just lost. There was almost nothing you could do about it. Taking agency like that away from players before they even step into the game is nonsensical for what is ostensibly a competitive event. And the capstone competitive event to the year. Exactly. Which is unfortunate because I did have to care and it did make a lot of difference to me. And I got lucky. Yep. Yeah, I think what I communicated to one person was that there are basically two pairings that kind of matter, right? You get paired into your opponent and then you get paired into your opponent at a table. And like sometimes you could get a challenging pairing that was doable on like two out of the things like the sisters board well three of the things like the sisters the chaos and then like the ruins table like those were three kind of denser tables like you could get paired into talent one of those maybe make it a game um but if you got paired on necrons or the industrial table and those then there was the most one, egregious and there mm-hmm. was one other table that was also bad where it just had field those base? like yes the field base and those were the garbage too that was old champs yeah yeah there were also three tables where if you got paired as a non-shooting army into Tau, you would just get annihilated. There were so you could take a negative matchup and make it impossible to win, or you could take a negative matchup and maybe make it a game, very much depending on which terrains that you got. And that's like a situation that's just like untenable for a player because you can never have an expectation or a plan. And it makes some of those games just impossible. Like, literally impossible to win. You couldn't have practiced and then built your list and, like, done the things that 40k needs to do to become more of a, like, competitively sound thing because there was no way around this, right? No amount of me and Jack at this point being at the event being like, oh, we drew towel on the industrial table. Unlucky, we lose. In list writing, there are things you can do to kind of work around that. You can't do it at the event. That's not real. But because we couldn't practice nor plan for that, it was just like, all right, let's roll these fucking dice and see how it goes. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not really much you can do to stop it either. Like, even if you know it's going to be perfectly random going into the event, what table you get. The tables are so different. Like, if I had paired into Tau rounds one through six on any of the bad tables we mentioned, industrial, field base would have been real touch and go, um, Necrons, if I had paired into Tau on any of those, I would just die. Like, I'm just dead. Like, there's nothing I can do. Industrial is the most egregious. Maybe Necrons. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide, period. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. There's ruins. They all have holes in them. Even yeah. on the... And in the industrial terrain, it's actually asymmetrical between the two sides. Yeah. So the defender roll-off matters. But then also, whichever ruin you get also has holes in it even their biggest one has like little slits so you can't hide they don't all have little slits i (laughs) they don't so i looked at several tables so if you look at the one that ennis was paired on for industrial it has tiny holes and the one that was paired into uh into brad as well yeah 
but the some of them do not. I like picked up a piece of the hanger and I looked at it. And I'm like, there are no holes here. How does that work? And the one on their website, I believe, also does not have holes on the hanger. Cool. Yeah. It's yeah. Also so not only is it inconsistent within the actual system, but the actual tables themselves are wildly inconsistent. And I will add from talking with some of the judges, there were also tables that were present there that they had to add because of the number of players that were not in the pack. And I don't mean the sisters table that was a brand new one that was a surprise top tables get to play on the sisters train. There were like layouts where the judges had to go through the, the pack. We like uh, treat this as if it's the industrial table or, or the old champs. And these are those ruins with these things because you didn't know what keywords things were supposed to I, have. I, I played on one of those. As early as round two, Tyler and I played on one that was like flat, not in the pack. And they were like, yeah. I don't know, you guys got this. So yeah, I did the same thing round two. <laughs> I had you and Tyler... Salty John over and he waved his magic wand and handed a bunch of the ruins obscuring or line of sight blocking, like bottom it... floor line of sight blocking. Tyler and I just weren't in the pack. We were is... just like, it's not in the pack. All right, yep. I guess you have obscuring. That one's sealed question mark all right onwards we go yeah i mean brian jones with his knights had to play round like i don't even remember like round three he had to play two or three three. he had to play that round on gw terrain like actual gw terrain yeah i heard there was a flow rooms there was a knights player who's going to player place terrain does not suddenly want it to be a fixed terrain format that's bad for knights yeah super bad for knights super bad you can't move anywhere I think so, part of the feedback is just that, like, several of these terrain things just need to be retired. Like, they aren't yeah. good in ninth edition. Like, the Necrons table is bad in ninth edition. I played that Custodius player on Necrons, yeah, and, like, he was just, he didn't kill enough, he didn't kill any boats, and then I l- picked up over half of his army worth of points value in one turn. Yeah. Like, because I could touch anything, and I could go through those ruins of people with Zerks, like, just run across the table. You just end somebody's entire experience. Basically, yeah. based on table requirements. But what I'm one one point I want to make is that you can't avoid the randomness, right. even mm-hmm. if you know going into the event this is exactly how it is. You can't prep for it because yep. you're always going to run into the dichotomy of combat army, shooting army, and then and if you player, I mean sisters table. Necron table. Yeah. Sisters table. I think industrial is like the most egregious shooting table because there's sure. just literally nowhere to hide. Right. Like you yep. in your deployment zone, they can just shoot you turn one. It doesn't matter. 100%. Um, if you run into a Tau player on industrial, I don't care how much prep you have. Like, yeah. You're done. And if you prep for a Tau player on industrial and you run into a Blood Angel player on sisters, you're dead. You're toast. Like yeah. you're, you're just screwed. And honestly, even if you try to tech for both, you're going to lose. Well, you'll just drag your army to opposite ends and beat neither, right? Yeah, exactly. And even if you try to beat Tau on industrial, what does that look like? Like, what army beats Tau consistently on industrial? There isn't one. Honestly, if you go second, you probably just die like the rest, you know? So you can't avoid the randomness because it's so swingy between combat army on combat table and shooting army on shooting table. And people are going to bring a lot of guns. So that means if you just randomly hit shooting army on shooting table, unlucky, you just yep. lose. Yeah. See yep. ya. Like you're just done. There's nothing you can do. Like mm-hmm. even in list writing, you're, you're kind of screwed because there's no terrain. And if you're, you're just done, it's just random. And yep. as I said, I got lucky. I didn't hit town until I hit top eight. If I had, I wouldn't be off. I mean, I might be on this podcast, but the title would be different. Yes. You know? 
and I didn't until I hit top eight. Sister's table, good. All right, I beat the heck out of Tao. Like, yeah, there was nothing he could have done there. Right. So we have a comment that got brought up, which I believe Anthony brought here, which is yep. from Sam Lemon. So how does that differ from WTC Warmaster table variety? Or that's not much better either, albeit perhaps a better terrain set. So the thing with the Warmaster is, is that you're playing on WTC tables, which any WTC table, even the lightest WTC table, is still better than any of the bad FLG tables. There might be issues with fast guns, but the way the rules differ there is enough alone to give you a reasonable chance into those armies, right? You can't touch the outside of a ruin and shoot into it or through it or across the board or any of that crazy nonsense. It slows that aspect of the game down a lot um also for what it's worth i believe the wtc is working on more things for their singles format so we'll have tables that are tuned specifically for singles so you don't really even have the dichotomy of like oh this was a light board meant for teams or like oh this was a heavier board meant for teams and so on and so forth the other thing about all of this is we and we've talked about this to death about one of the fundamental issues with frontline gaming's player place terrain formula is that first drop advantage it's oh, huge. Yeah. And it's that huge. doesn't exist on fixed layouts right. because they basically say, look, you're dealing with on WTC boards and UKTC boards, a mirror. Doesn't matter right. which side you take, you have the exact same ruins to hide behind as the other player. Yeah. So you lose the defender roll off, big deal. In fact, yeah. you're usually then said, no, you're dropping first because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and so you you remove that randomness, you remove basically two elements now. You don't have you don't have to worry as much about the terrain because the terrain is consistent across the yes for the war masters there were eight tables you could go on and there were varying in medium to light but even the lightest tables had plenty of correctly eight l's that were yeah. nine inches by five inches by five inches hall and all of them were obscuring and all had consistent keywords sometimes you would have forest sometimes you wouldn't that was really the only bit of inconsistency that you would have is whether you had difficult ground on your table right um but aside from that, it meant that if you practiced on those eight tables, you were good. You knew exactly what you would get. Yeah. Yeah. And also the terrain is super standard, right? That every L looks like every other L pretty much. You can go and you can buy from Wayland Utani, which is who prov provides the terrain for the WTC. You can buy a box that has everything in it for, I think it's like 200 US dollars. And that will build every single WTC table. You don't have to worry about going out and buying 12 different sets of FLG terrain and practicing on those 12 different sets. Let me let me tell you everything that Sean won on a single roll-off. One. One roll-off. He got to move the first objective. He got to place the first piece of terrain. And he got to place the first infiltrator to block my death company. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine I go first and I just get all of those advantages going in? Now, luckily, he's a combat army. If he was a shooting army, that might have been it by itself. Right. So, right. yeah. Yeah. And and if you lose the, first, the deployment roll-off and... Because there's an objective in the center. So anyone who doesn't know, here's what happens, right? If let's say I'm playing against Anthony and Anthony is playing Tau because he's lost his goddamn mind. Ugh. Right? Yeah. 
If I win the roll off, I'm putting a line of sight blocking piece of terrain on the center objective. I'll heroic it six inches with Sangard. He can't contest it. I get 12 for the rest of eternity. Game over. Immediately, right? Yeah. It, life becomes way harder for Anthony. Like he can win, gets way harder. On Sister's terrain, forget about that. Maybe he can win thing. But if he wins the first drop, he throws a cargo container on the center. And now I'm, you know, up shit creek because I can't exist on the center objective or I'm losing units. And the difference between winning that roll off and losing that roll off is massive. And yeah, it was, it was hilarious. I mean, Sean was, thank God, a combat army. But if he had won all of those advantages off a single die roll, like, and he was a shooting army, get, get out of here. Just yeah. a minor correction. With winning that roll, you should have had the first uh, objective moved. Defender moves the first, right? Attacker. Ah, well. But okay. you guys were tired. Got two. It happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's still a big advantage. Like, okay. it, it, um, but yeah, it that kind of advantage shouldn't exist. Yeah, and it it doesn't matter in a lot of games, but it can. Um, it totally can. Um, like when my game I played against Brian, as he points out in the comments here, because I am looking at your comments, guys. <laughs> I have it open on my phone. Um. It didn't matter in our game because we're both pure melee armies. It's fine. You know, he had like maybe a unit of tank busters and I have, I don't even remember. Yeah, he had like two units of tank busters. I mean, you absolutely lovely gentleman. Anyway. What's that? I said you forlorn fury shot him in the face turn one anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, he has like two units of tank busters. That game was, uh, I mean, it was a dumpster fire, but. He was a lovely human being, and I look forward to playing. Brian's again. the best. I love Brian yeah. dearly. No, that that game started with one unit of Death Company shooting to death a battle wagon. All of my, all of my bolters clearing out a ten man squad of, um, of commandos, and then he gets out his um, his mega knobs out of his battle wagon forwards. Because he goes, well, you either want to kill the commandos or the mega knobs. I don't think you can do it. And then I charged him and killed both. That game, yeah, but <laughs> tough day in the office. Yeah, I was that was a rough one. So but yeah, what I'm. Oh, go ahead, Anthony. You... I just I just wanted to express like people are free to make their own decisions. I'm not saying no one should go to a frontline event, but if you're in Europe, it's definitely a lower quality compared to the standard that you're used to. And I, in the coming season, will probably go to one or none. Yeah. I think in summary, like, there are two things that, like, are big pain points for FLG events. And one is that there are terrain sets that need to be retired. Basically, the three terrain sets that we've talked about already. Or there need to be adjustments made to those terrain sets to modernize them up to 10th edition and probably for 10, or 9th edition and for 10th edition down the road, most likely. Yep. The other thing is that player place terrain creates another game before the game starts where you can win or lose the game before even playing the game itself of 40k. Yeah, it's it also, as Anthony was saying, it just removes so much agency from the players. Like, as I said, if I if I hit a rando just just some guy like in my first couple games he won his first game he's playing me on his second and i had played him and he's playing tau and we're on industrial i could legitimately lose that game probably yeah. will 
And then there was somebody who asked a question about Nova or Adepticon. Adepticon is kind of notorious for terrain issues at this point. I've been told... No one should go to it and play Nova. I've I've been told that Adepticon has worked towards improving the terrain again this year. They've told me that in previous years, and the same complaints have cropped up after the event. I always maintain optimism that people tell you the truth when they say that they're going to fix things or are trying to improve them, but that doesn't mean that if you're flying over from Europe and spending lots of money that you should go to Adepticon based on the fact that a TO has promised you that they're improving things until you see that improvement materialize into something. I basically trust TOs like I trust sports bookies at this point. Like one or two of them, and that's it. And then Nova, I've heard, is generally good. Well, we have the defending Nova champ here. Nova Nova was a great event. No, No issues with Nova. It was smoothly run. It had amazing, consistent terrain. There were slight differences in terrain, which I think is actually a good thing. Massive differences in terrain is a bad thing. Yeah. I think, like, very small differences in terrain is okay. Listen, that man, Mike Brandt, runs the fuck out of an event. I don't care what anyone says. You go to that guy's event, you're going to have a good time. Yeah, you're going to have a really well-run event that operates smoothly, has great terrain, has great judges. And it's probably in a nice hotel. Probably in a nice venue. Yeah. Just... Like Nova, which is not directly run with GW, but like adjacently run with GW. Right. And then, Very close friends, cousins, yeah, if you will. Yeah, they're 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 like stepbrothers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you go to those, you go to Nova, you go to a GW event, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, I can say that every GW event that I've gone to, like the Chicago one was amazing, and everybody that I've talked to has said that the open events were run really well. I look forward to trying to go to one this year because I did have a good time at the previous one. It will probably end up being Tampa because, I don't know, that seems like the only one that's reasonable to go to. But I think standardized terrain at least improves the situation and player plays terrain actively detracts when you have highly variable terrain that you're going to deal with. Yeah. And I will say, someone's pointing out in the comments that if it wasn't for Reese Frankie, the frontline gaming organization, we wouldn't have competitive 40k where it is now. They did do a lot of work to build the infrastructure that we currently use. I mean, the ITC wouldn't would probably exist, but in a very different format, if not for them. Formula. Hmm? So that was Ganyo's formula. There you go. All right. Uh, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that we can't ask them to continue to improve and to build on things. I'm Event not even inertia is... you like crazy innovative shit. No. Just keep up with the standards that your peers are showing and stop acting like you're the best when you suck. I I also think like it's important to remember that while people have done great things for the community, that doesn't mean that we have to not provide constructive criticism to them or provide any criticism at all. Like, it's amazing that they did those things, and it's great for the community that they did those things. But just because you did those things does not mean that you're above reproach and that you do need to consistently improve your events. Like, your player base and the people who pay lots of money to go to your events deserve a product that reflects the amount of money and time that they spend to go to them. And that doesn't say that we dislike volunteers or any of the people that help these make these events run well. I think Kicker, for example, is an amazing person, and I like him a lot. And every time that I've talked to him, has been great. Yeah, um, all... yeah Kicker's Kicker is amazing. I, me and Jeremy coordinated bringing him Canadian specific cereal because we think Kicker Kicker is amazing. Which yeah. shout out to Tim Bits. They make a birthday cake cereal. It looks amazing. I was sad I didn't ask Jeremy to bring a second box. 
<laughs> I have no problem with any of the people at FLG. I've never had anything mm -hmm. other than very pleasant experiences with everyone I've interacted with. Yeah. Um, so there's no issue with the people, but there there just needs to be a focus on keeping up the standards of their terrain. I think that that for whatever reason, maybe they're not that section, you know, the people who are supposed to run the event or design the event or whatever aren't being allocated enough money or don't have enough people running it. You know, it needs to be, you know, I, I think everybody who works on the event, maybe, I don't know, probably most people who work on that event want it to be one of the highest quality events put out there. No, I, I don't think anyone shows up and puts in a ton of work, which they, they did. They clearly put in a lot of work. Yep. I don't think anyone does that to show up to try to suck. I don't think that's what they do. But I think somewhere in that organization, there needs to be more of an emphasis put on this so that those people can actually do the work that they need to do. Like, as I said, I, I think Kicker, you know, I think Kicker's great. I've interacted with him multiple times. I think he's awesome. I think he works incredibly hard at this. And I think he lost like two weeks of his life to this straight. And then, you know, who knows how much in the past. But... Yeah. Clearly, if they're putting that much time into it and the terrain is still to the point where, you know, I woke up at five in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep for 45 minutes because I was worrying about terrain on day two. Like yeah. literally I was stressing out about it. It was not healthy. Um, then then some focus needs to be reshifted to bringing the event up in line. Yeah, it's a business decision not to invest in proper terrain. I think it's the best way to it's How not a problem with the people on the ground. It's yeah. a problem with people making decisions. How many times did we hear throughout the weekend that this is the biggest and most successful LVO has ever been? Like just a million? I don't know. The idea that yeah, something like that does well and won't reinvest because people will just buy it. I'm just not going to go. It's fine. People are willing, free to make their own decisions. But it seems crazy to me. And I have the same gripe about Adepticon that, like, every year, it's like, everyone goes because you go because it's popular, and it's popular because people go. But the event quality is just not there. It drives me yeah. nuts mm -hmm. that I see other TOs, like, actively update, work using feedback, and like, these other ones just don't get to rest on their heels because their event was big now, in 2017. I will say that Frontline Gaming has shown that they do listen to some feedback. Not all of it, but they do listen to some feedback. The the case in point being the first four line of sight blocking. Can you imagine if we had played on Old Champs or Sister's Table or... Uh, yeah, Jeremy, I can imagine it because they were this close to not doing it. Right? I know, I know. But what I'm, <laughs> what, what I'm just saying is that they have shown that they, that they do listen, that, that they do respond. And so all I'm saying is I hope that they continue that. And I hope that they take what we have said here and listen to the community as a whole and take that and, you know, improve the event. Because if they do, I see myself going back. If they don't, I don't see myself going back. I mean, that's where I'm at as well. Yeah, there's I there, there's not no amount of improvements they could make, but there's close to no amount of improvements they can make to get me back to Vegas next year. Um, oh, I'm not saying Vegas. I mean frontline gaming events because I because I, I have to travel regardless where they are because they're not going right. to come to Canada. Yeah the the way that I mean Innis tweeted publicly about this the way the volunteers including you guys that were treated after you agreed to help set up in exchange for just prime on tables was fucking disgusting. So yeah, 
I'm not going to spend another dime with that company past credit I already have with them. Um, yeah, I'm not as as vitriolic about it as, as Anthony is. But I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I I already got mine, right? Like, I already won a season. I probably am just not going to, broadly speaking, chase ranking anymore. Right. Um, and so what that probably means, I mean, I don't know, maybe in a year I'll feel different. That's how that goes. But I'm not planning on going back. Right. Um, but we have a lot coming up, right? Certainly. I mean, like, you know, I, I support them for what they've done, what they've done for the community. I've been here through all of it, you know. Right. I've, I've watched as the tournament scene developed from nothing to where it is now. I get that. And I appreciate what they've been doing. But with that being said, I don't have an infinite amount of money or time. I can't, you know, I, I have to choose which events I go to. Yep. And that's how it works. I can't. Well, that's why I won't go back, right? I'm not yeah. going to just not go to events out of spite to FLG. I'm just going to choose to go to events where I feel like my presence was valued. And at the UKTC, I just treated super well. And that's not even like a, like, you know, 40K celebrity thing. That's just like, they treat all the people that go to those events really well. So, yeah. yeah. That's so, the end of me being angry about that. I'm, um, I'm probably going to go to Cherokee, um, which is coming up. Largely because it's a road trip with the boys, and I'll take something stupid. The lads. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be a road trip. It's going to be great. You know, we're all going to. I'm going to see how many people I can round up. We're going to go. It's going to be a road trip. It's going to be. It's going to be a fun Amazing. time. And I'm. I maybe I run like an eight character Eldar Harlequin list, with maybe the avatar or something. Uh, I don't know. Hell yeah. If yeah. it ain't stupid, it need not apply. I would just uh, like to dispel this notion real quick if you think i'm not dragging jack to at least one uktc event this year you're wrong I'm, <laughs> you can't me. yeah yeah if we dragged Innis to new jersey or specifically anthony did that's not hard you I tried to get me on lunch to london on like two weeks notice anthony that, yep and I, I considered it so that should tell I, us i was so close to getting you to coventry <laughs> So yeah. what I'm going to do now is I'm going to transition us to the Jack Champster questions thread. Yes, and we'll do like, we should hustle through this. So we're going to go through like, I don't know, however long we get until everybody's exhausted and we no longer want to take questions. How does that sound? Wait, hold on. I have to just pin this real quick. Jack, look at that. Take that in. Is that a is that a flight kind of ticket or is that an entry fee kind of ticket? I mean, either of those, whatever mitigates the cost of the event, right? That's true. That's <laughs> true. I mean, you don't need to do that, Laney. I will go to events in the UK. I mean, take it. But if it's also, there. if you're offering, yes, I will take that. Yeah. Which event, Laney? Tell us while we go through the questions. All right. The first question is: What was the single toughest game moment at LVO? And this was asked by Will in our Discord. That's a good question. Did you have like a my run ends right here minute? Yeah, yeah, in the Necron, in the Necron game for sure. Um, I mean, I was looking at the score and I was pretty sure I was winning for like once it got to turn four and the, the board state got real, you know, real bare bones. Um, but if he put his foot on the gas, I was probably going to just get tabled. Um, so, yeah, that, that definitely felt felt pretty rough i luckily luckily i had a couple things swing my way i had like a model who could walk onto an objective and i had a couple other things and yeah i mean we did the scores like 20 times with a judge there yep. 
And it was, I always had in my back pocket, well, if I just go kill this guy, the problem is if I don't kill him, I lose. So, because I have to draw resources away and everything was like, right. luckily, yep. uh, two guys with plus one to hit, reroll hits, assault doctrine, and power fist. Not getting a save. <laughs> did dome one of his flyers and called it a day. Yep. I had to sacrifice a character on the way in and then three Inferno pistols, one of which hit on two's base, that's Dante, and two of which hit on three's base with full rerolls did zero damage. And then the character died on Overwatch because he was going to start so that I could chip down wounds and then definitely have the Death Company finish it. But yeah, that was... Um, that was... Yeah, you can totally bribe me. Um <laughs> Because I I'm a sicko. I'm a 40k sicko. I go to events all the time. I'll go to as many as you can go to, right? Yes. If you I, make if it you, easier for him to go. If you make it possible for me to go to an event, I'm much more likely to go to it. Um, <laughs> I think that's yeah. true of like most of us. Most of us. All of us will accept bribes, including Jack. Included. We had a whole tier about me accepting bribes. I have a leg tattoo about me accepting things I shouldn't. Wait, about <laughs> yeah, tattoos. Can we pause for a second? There. Just okay. Keep it okay. We're gonna but, keep it moving then. But yeah, there's the moment where I go second, and he flies his planes down, catches like the angle on one of my swords, and like blasts a unit in half, and then the mortals start raining. I was like, <sighs> like I was real clenched up. It's unfortunate too, since I was uh, that was when they got repair, and I was originally paired into Steven Box, and I think that game would have been phenomenal. As it turns out, elves die real fast to. Who knows? Angles. Who knows how it would have gone? But yeah. instead, I got mortals rained all over my, you know, all over my face. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. Our next question is from Tom. It's can you, can anything you've learned or seen at LBO be transferred over to Arcs of Omen? For our lists? For angels? I don't think so. I'm assuming. Not really. The, the list seems like it's intact, but it's very not intact anymore the loss of fury of the lost means that the list just does not function the same way as it does before because you are just completely out of secondary Fundamentally, um, you, you can take oaths a moment which is a completely different type of list you can yeah. it's fine it's, it's not, not if you trade with me i get 15 on this right which is what you need yeah, it's like I'm going to survive near the center, which is real tenuous into a lot of matchups. Yeah, it depends on the terrain format. And GW, you can kind of do it unless you're playing on Dawn of War, in which case you can get the hell out of here. In which case, you certainly cannot lay out three to center. Yeah, it's it's rough, buddy. Also, Armor of Contempt going away. Uh, we were on the podcast I recorded this morning. Nick tried to sell me on. Well, it does. Armor of Contempt doesn't actually matter. Loss doesn't actually matter because people are, everyone's telling him how many AP one and two weapons they're putting back in lists. So that means that the average AP comes down. So all the high AP weapons aren't there. So Armor of Contempt is functionally back in effect. That's a take for sure. My silence was about 10 seconds as I figured out how to respond to that. <laughs> That's good. I mean, he doesn't play Marines, right? He doesn't, he doesn't feel the pain. Yeah. He didn't and feel right my pain into Mark today when I played into his orcs with my blood angels because they wanted to run that match back. Um, didn't feel my pain as like Choppa's just ripped my Sangard in half. Oh, yeah, it was rough, dude. Brutal. Yeah. All right. Next. Next question. 
I guess we'll just be typhus, but I'm going to editorialize it. If you were to turn it <laughs> an, into an animal, what animal would you like to be, Jack? I'm sorry, if we're going to turn everyone into an animal? No, just, just you. you. Just, just me. You. Um, well, that's a really good question. Some kind of bird, probably. Flying sounds dope. I don't want to be one of the ones that gets, like, murdered by a falcon or something. So you'd be the falcon, is what I'm hearing. Well, I want... Yeah, probably one of the big birds, you know? One of the ones that, like, if you come after, it just flies away. You're American. So a Canadian, so a Canadian goose. Yeah, bald <laughs> eagle. That's it. My spirit animal is a bald eagle because my heart and soul rings for America. <laughs> oh, right. no. I was going to say it's better than a Canadian geese because then he's just an asshole. Mm. Ugh. I mean, but nobody messes with a Canadian goose. Everybody no, leaves. I would alone. mess with a Canadian goose. I hate those fucking You'd things. lose so bad. I, I don't <laughs> want anyone in the chat to start, like, dumping on Nick because he'd beat all of you. It's fine. <laughs> he just plays armies where either they all have invulns or if you see him, he's dead. So he doesn't really understand what armor saves are for. Yeah, he's like, why do you take saves? Actually, that's not true. He doesn't take armor saves. Nick is the 22 of 23 four up invulns, man. Sam, yeah. Sam's got a question is so what is the blood angels tattoo that Anthony will be getting mm. so let's set the stage so Jack beats Mike and is looking a little checked out and I know that a great way to invigorate <laughs> some players is by making a silly bet I'm going to so, move the mic away from me so I'm not super loud in a second so, <laughs> I was like, listen, you 15-5, Sean, our captain, I'll get a small Blood Angels tattoo. I didn't 15-5 him, Anthony. Boom, 20-0. Yeah, he would have been a 24 to negative 4. By if the it could have been. If it could have been. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm going to get the, the chapter symbol, a small tier, and then the wings. And I'll yeah. put it next to the Aussie symbol. I might, I might join you, Anthony, actually. That'd be sick. We can go oh, together. There you I go. don't I don't actually have uh, any tattoos, but I might if get you that. you get one also, and I find out that it's not a gajillion dollars, I'll pay for both. Interesting. We need to talk more about this. Yeah. Well, I'll talk to the tattoo guy, and we'll see what he yeah. says. Because yeah, the guy that did my Team Australia tattoo, by the way, is a fucking professional. Like My, my Team Aussie tattoo is a very well-executed, silly tattoo, which is my favorite. Yeah, uh, maybe um, maybe next time I'm up in Jersey, which shouldn't be too long. Yes, sir. Famous from there. Yeah. All right. Maybe next question is: wants to get this thing. I'm just you kidding. only get tattoos on bets, or what? Yeah, someone just asked that in chat. That's, That's a good I'm question, out. actually, from Joel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, right. but I, I might do that because uh, you know, winning the ITC, winning LVO is a big moment in my life. So I might just uh, you know immortalize it. So this is a question for everybody, and this is from Grant. Uh, what are you most excited about running in Arcs of Omen? Jack can start, though. That's tough, honestly. Um, I'm not sure. That's that's tough. GSC is exciting. GSC is very exciting. Shotgun socialism. Let's go. <laughs> I definitely um, listen to Alex McDougal and one other person like espouse GSC as like a thing to play and almost got converted problem. on the spot. It was great. <laughs> GSC is awesome. It does make my brain melt in half. I played one game with it this edition and my God, I mean, it did oh, win yeah. it, uh, yeah, but I had to. <laughs> yeah, I they're awesome. I already own one from eighth edition and I have bought 
after talking to Anthony, what a bad influence that dude is, uh, <laughs> I did buy 40 Neoflames on top I of the 30 I already have. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. Ravenwing is also super exciting. I have a bunch of that. I have a bunch of it on order. So I might do that. Or I might just put that army away for, you know, developments to come. Because aggressive armies like that are definitely going to be in my wheelhouse in the future. I want to find an aggressive army with good secondaries because that was what I enjoyed out of Blood Angels is being able to pivot between uh, scoring and killing. Yeah. So man. that's definitely something I want to look at. Why don't we see what the nerd Stradamus has got then? Yeah. What do you got, Vanilla? What do you got? Uh, sorry in advance. This is going to be loud. Headphone users, lower your thing. World Eaters! Baby! I'm so fucking excited. Oh, I might, uh, I might, by the way, see, because I got a, GW is giving me a 2,000 point army for winning the ITC, and I'm currently up in the air with what I want to do, but I might just be like, hey, can I have a 2,000 point world leaders army, please? It's not that many dollars, so it's not worth it, right? No, probably not. Also, daddy does want an Astraeus. Dad's getting an Astraeus. That's right. So, Astraeus. <laughs> I want one. I want something dumb that I'm just going to put on, that I'm never going to put on the table. It's just going to go on my shelf. Not on my shelf, on my, like, mantle forever. So you're you're thinking some uh, some WE there, Anthony? Oh, yeah, I'm a thousand percent playing World Eaters. I'll play World Eaters until I get beat senseless and singles enough with them to stop. Makes sense. But they're not, yeah. I don't think they're going to be getting singles, but say love you. Who knows? You never know. You're not focusing on singles anyways. You're focusing on teams, right? I'm straight. We'll have to see when, when the book comes out what the rules look like. That's right. Jeremy, how about you? We saw the Storm Speeder briefly pop up, but you might as well just bring it up again. Although I the mean, cap I'm... also matches the color scheme of the I army know. that you're trying to play. He's very interested by this. <laughs> he, he, he likes Storm Speeders too. Uh, yeah, I'm 100% going back to my Dark Angels. Uh, I had a run with them earlier this year where I just had the most fun. Uh, and they got so good this for arcs of omen so i am just going to terrorize my local population with storm speeders and terminators amazing nathan oh damn i have to answer this question i'm gonna play uh guard and harlequins oh disgusting disgusting I'm, harlequins i get harlequins understandable. i'm, I'm gonna play guard because i like making tanks go vroom and i like making anthony very sad and you were like those... in the military I, I was, but we're not oh, going to tell yeah, that story today. Player, every guard not, player is either in the military or they're John who went to a military we're, college. We're not telling you. We're not telling that story today. If you want to hear that story, it's on a previous episode. I can't remember which one, but you can find it. Good luck looking. Um, are you telling me now. I need to watch 27, because I've been on one. You tell me I have to watch 27 episodes of Stat Check just to hear this story? And each one has been you, on every episode. So yeah, you I will, like 22. I will tell you after this, because... We'll be hanging out for a second, and I'll just tell you the story, Jack. Because we're all buddies. Exactly. Right. Hence why we were at the front of the stage congratulating Jack and not sitting back in the crowd. Just well, like I'm going to make the, the picture of me executing Anthony, by the way. Just speaking <laughs> of us all being friends. Yeah. Of me just cutting his head off with a chainsword. I'm, I'm probably going to make that my my banner. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen that? Yeah, that's no. great. We'll have to see this. We'll share it. We can share it later. That'd be great. We'll yeah. I took pictures. They, they took pictures of me with the chainsaw being like this. And uh, I don't I, I don't see it. I want it because I, I kind of want to make that my profile picture. But uh, can't. 
It's not right. anywhere. So now we're going to ask another question, and I'm going to skip a bunch of these because some of them are random or stuff that we've already talked about. Go to the earlier part of the episodes if for some reason you skipped all the way to the question section to hear us talk about what frontline gaming should change about their events. Um, going through... Oh, no, that's too many. That's too much stuff. Um, no, but that's actually a good question just to ask in general. I wouldn't say go through each one. The, okay. the question is... Um, I, and let me rephrase it, actually. How many were there any of the best in faction winners where they were not the best player of their faction? Oh, that's just flame. We should do it the other way where we celebrate people that were. And oh, I'm going to I'm, I'm actually going to celebrate one of them because I and this is why I want to ask this question is uh, my friend and local uh, Zach Como, who we had the most hilarious reaction to Reese absolutely murdering his name because he thought oh it was God, like Comier. Yeah. <laughs> what did he call him? He called him like Zach Comier or anything. His name is Como. C-O-M-E-A-U. Should be really easy to get that right. I but mean, it's got way too many vowels. It does have a few too many vowels. But Zach is a fantastic player. He's been grinding out games with the 8th edition guard codex. Uh, he was planning on still bringing guard when we were looking at no supplement guard. 8th edition guard. At, at LBO because he was committed to winning best in faction. He came into the event... 24 points behind uh, Brett, uh, the Katakana Vanaski, who has also been rocking guard all, we, all year long. and you're getting on, you're getting on mispronouncing uh, your buddy's name with 17 vowels. Yeah, I'm not calling it Katakan. Yeah, Katakan. Like Katakant, am I right? Yeah. Exactly. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are there are there any other unsung heroes of so, the best in faction list? I, mean, I want to finish this because this story right. is actually pretty funny. Brett and Zach paired into each other round six. And so they recognized that whoever won that game was going to be crowned, not just for the for LVO, but also for the ITC, best in faction, Ostra Militarum. Ooh, spicy. Zach won that game by one point. Oh, hey. nice job, Zach. Uh, hey. So I think that one right there is the yes. That is a deserving best in faction right there, because not only did you grind out through that 8th edition guard codex through the entire year, play in a bunch of events with it, score reliably high with them, but the two of them went head to head and he came out on top. Yeah. Uh, I can't really comment about a lot of the other ones. I know Innis worked his ass off to get the, the Tyranids one. I'm, yeah, I want to Innis landed with the Tyranids one, but... Yeah, I'm trying to figure... I, w I wish that the rankings were live because so we could see how close that race ended up being. It's got to be real narrow, that one. Yep. There were a lot of good players vying for it. Uh, absolutely. Unequivocally, TJ. Uh, he had the best T-Suns list at the event, demonstrated by the fact that he was the only one of them that didn't lose before the Shadow Round. I mean, um, come on, with the terrain and everything. Although it, it was It was very, just the best. <laughs> it was very funny watching Vic pair into Fennel on stream. That Northeast power, baby. Can't sleep on it. Yeah, we used the British to destroy the British. I, I mean, that's right. It was such Vic was such a peach to to meet. Yeah, he's it was, the best. It was, it was awesome meeting him, but it was at the same time very funny. Very it funny. Was. I think Nassim winning two Nassim won two trophies and he sure best adeptus start is and best towel, right? Yeah. I think that goes to show you if you can just slap banners on points and blow people away <laughs> with firepower, you can win best in factions. And Nassim oh. is also a very nice person. Although every time I walked up to him and he told me that there, he'd finished a game in less than 30 minutes, I was a little mad at him at the same time. Jerk off motion. It's yeah, I think the record was 18 minutes. Yeah, that's when I came over to him. He's like, yeah, 18 minutes. I was like, did you just set up terrain in your opponent? Didn't see like what happened. 
Yeah. I had a, against Team Germany, I had a game that lasted 20. Jesus. That was That's some just, shit. I don't understand. Yeah. That was um, a town mirror, though. It was a town mirror I went first on terrain that if you move, you can see. And I had to redeploy. And it was quarters. Um. All right. We're not going to talk about rumors. And some of these are questions that we've already talked about. Um, but I, I just want to shout out John. Oh, yes. Yeah, John and Nids. Also, my boy... My boy Kyle McCord winning best Imperium. Woo, baby. Woo. I hell yeah. There was only 0.1% of the faction events showed up. Like he's like that guy who's alone on a podium going like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> he he told me beforehand he was going to make a really big deal out of winning best in faction mixed Imperium. And then yeah, sure enough, everyone's like walking up to the stage and his name is called. He looks right at me, goes and just like starts running up going, rah, woo. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I just figured it was somebody channeling the Age of Sigmar energy, which was absolutely ludicrous levels. Oh, man. Yeah. The Age of Sigmar team. Um, yeah. Something. They, they were, were definitely some, loud. They, they were energetic and they were excited. Yes. They were. There's a very definite mood difference from the Age of Sigmar folks to the 40K folks all sitting there quietly waiting for this to go through. <laughs> And the Age of Sigmar people are cheering and making chants for every other thing that Reese says, which makes the award ceremony take twice as long. Yeah, they were cheering for every person who got a, an award, whether it was Age of Sigmar, 40K, or yeah. whatever. I can't it like double turned the amount of time the award ceremony took. Oh, the the Sean Naden uh, 40K Jesus chant was pretty funny, and that I was pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Um, the next question is. I'm going to skip rumor talk and be like, do you look forward to or are you apprehensive of GW getting more involved in running competitive events? Yes or no? They've done a great job so far. I don't see any reason to be against it yet. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. I haven't had the opportunity to, but I've heard nothing but good things about the U.S. Opens that they've run. Um, they have, I mean, it, like or hate their terrain format, it's consistent. It's predictable. You know exactly what you're getting into when you show up at an event. You can at least um, plan for it. Yeah, exactly. You can be like, I'm going to play on layout one and layout three. I practice yep. on layout one and layout three, and I'm good. And uh, layout, it's layout two and three now. Yeah. Okay. If it, like, but it's shown that uh, shooting armies and combat armies can both do well on that terrain. Uh, shooting armies are at a bit of a disadvantage. Um, heavier, like like vehicles, that sort of thing, are at a bit of a disadvantage. And I cry a single tear every day for them. Um, I think it's fine. I do feel a little bit for night players. Yeah, night players, as I said, Brian Jones getting ambushed with a GW table coming up behind him with a steel chair. As someone that's on the receiving end of a steel chair meme, it's not great. Yeah. Um, but he won that game, so like good good for him. No, yeah, if you good. haven't been to a GW event, um I would go. Yeah. If they're fun. Yeah. If you have on their phone prevents you from traveling to a UKTC event and you want to stay in the US. Or you just want to stay in the U.S. because you're a America first person. Definitely do a GW event. God, Anthony is such a Euro simp. It's incredible. The UK <laughs> events were really good. I don't know what else to say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and, and you watch them without subs. I understand. Yeah. Or whatever. All right. So you, I'm going to You skip. watch the subs? I, I don't really know. That's a weep joke. It's way out of my ballpark, champ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
I'm going to skip Alex Toss's question because it goes back to traveling to events or just because I want to skip him because his name has tangent.exe and has some stuff in it. I didn't know you could type in a name and go with Tom Pawnee's question instead of, are there any dark horse factions going into arcs? Um, GSC for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think GSC is one of the top three armies in the game and I just still don't see enough people talking about it. They're, they take because... a bit of a hit in that the best couple of armies all have either infiltrators or other access to 12 inch, uh, no deep strikey, which, which does hurt. Mm-hmm. Anthony can tell me it doesn't matter all he, all he wants. It, it hurts. It's not nothing. I just think that those matchups in general are good enough that it's okay. What's the range on a shotgun again in the GSC army? 12 you inches. Would, yeah. You wouldn't use shotguns in that scenario. Like you're, you're not killing armies with infiltrators with your shotguns anyway. Why not? Arm of contempt. They're not. They're not looking to armor save stack anymore. I mean, even mm. then, they couldn't because it was just three up cover. You didn't give a shit. Mm, true. Take their cover that, away. Yeah. Easy. Easy clap. Okay, a non-GSC choice though, just for everybody, just because I'm gonna yeah. force you all to nerd Stradamus together uh, to pick Harlequins. Harlequins are still very good. They're I still very good. Choice. But they were already good. I don't. I think people think Harlequins are bad now. That's fair. Quentin told me because he was playing Harlequins. Quentin told me he had many of his opponents asking him if he was still playing Harlequins and Arcs. Yeah. yeah. I think that it's funny because those are both the two factions that, like, only five people play super well at that's any given they, moment. Yeah. They keep doing well, right? Well, that's also why they're dark horses. Iron Hands yeah. isn't a dark horse because anyone can do the math on their calculator and go two plus two equals you're goddamn dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yep. I, I will just, I guess <laughs> I'm just going to ask Taos's question because I guess why not is when will Jack or any of us come to an Australia or New Zealand event? And my answer to this question before everybody else goes is that when plane tickets do not cost me $2,000 to fly to your event, I will go to your event. Yeah, yeah, that's about where we're at. It is, it is the large monies. Or if I get invited to a conference, I'll go to an event because then at least the airfare portion of it is covered by somebody uh, like an academic institution. And if somebody will lend me an army, I'll play at an event if it's at the same time. There you go. Wait, you mean you wouldn't just change, charge, spend the extra sixty bucks for a checked bag for the army? I. I don't trust. I don't trust checking a checking an <laughs> army on an international flight that's like twenty hours long is so. Oh damn! That yeah, is... I realize they're only me saying that given that my bag got lost this weekend. Yeah. Yes. I'd love to get my army lost over the Pacific Ocean somewhere. Like, can, also, can you imagine transporting like Harlequins as a checked item? <laughs> you'd get. You would have. You'd, you'd have no Harlequins left. Yeah, uh, that's 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 asking for failure. And then a lot of people asked in chat about the volunteer thing. If you go to Twitter and go to Innis's account, you can get a recounting of the volunteer thing at LVO. I don't want to. Basically, it was for anyone who doesn't want to go there. It was just a, a poorly handled incident where volunteers were not treated well. And uh, they are they have received the feedback and are looking to improve on how they handle volunteers. Yep. We will see if that happens. Yeah, yeah. I was not there. Not actually helping them would be a good start. Yeah. And then I'm going to do plugs. And then first, though, Jack gets to do his plugs again because he can plug a Ruski as a guest or guest on our show. 
so stat check is coming dangerously close to 30 episodes and you know what that means that means it's getting old it's getting tired it's <laughs> running out of new ideas um it's it's honestly just running on empty at this point i've thrown i've injected a breath of fresh air but that can only last so long so before that happens everybody I need, back. <laughs> what i need you to do is i need you to go to patreon right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- believe it's in the settings. I'm not sure, but you can check your uh, <laughs> check your subscriptions. Anyway, I'm not saying you have infinite money, but if you do, then you can subscribe to both. But if you don't, stat check's kind of done. It's used it, its life up, and you can go to Art of War instead. Use your money there. <laughs> we need to get you to start doing these in a pirate hat. <laughs> I don't you have one because I got it for you. You did not get me a pirate hat. I gave it to you. you a got w- me a pirate w- meme. Oh. Mm, no, I bought yeah. hats. No, you talked right about it. Out. You talked yeah. about it. You're all talk. No, I don't know. Am I all talk? Is that the vibe you get? I don't know. I'm not Team Texas. I wouldn't know. Oh, anyway, I mean, yeah, Ebony has at least two tattoos. Exist. If you like right stat now. check, you might like Art of War because you like 40k. Uh, Art of War uh, actually, as you can see, wins events. Uh, so we don't we don't just talk shit, you know. Um, so if you want to come over there and find out how to win events, uh, we, we've got it over there. It's actually, it's a very simple two-step plan. Listen to Anthony and then do what he says. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. On our end, although I am ancient apparently because I'm over 30 years old and very tired because of it. Um, thank you everybody for watching tonight. If you enjoyed what you saw and or heard, you can go to patreon.com slash stat check and Send us some money if you want, and you can join our Discord, and you can harangue us with questions, which we read out of the Discord today, and you can talk to Jack or me or Nerdstradamus or Jeremy or Cliff, all sorts of random people and great players from around the world. You can also arrange games with them, which is quite nice. I think TTS is one of those great tools, and you can access it a lot. Otherwise, drop us a like or a subscription on YouTube. We're almost at 1,000, which is like one of those milestones where you start to open up additional options in YouTube. So youtube.com slash the slash stat check. Um, otherwise, this has been Nathan and Anthony and Jeremy and Jack. Thank you for watching episode 29. Oh, bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.